everybody. Welcome here on another Tuesday evening and we are having the best of times together. Me and you and all of us and your people and my people, we all add up to a group of nice people having a nice time, hopefully. And let's have a nice time tonight. And let's have a funny time tonight, right? Funny. Not nice. There's a lot of nice a lot of nice stuff out there, but this is the place where nice and funny intersect. Actually, funny. Still nice. Let's do it. Here we go. The topic tonight. So sue me, I like it. You know how I feel about certain things like friends and things that... People don't like it, and I like and then you want to, we do it, and then we have fun, and then we move on, and then we just try to enjoy our lives. And, I say to you, on this November evening, as Thanksgiving sails away, we get ready for the holidays it is the best show and i'm gonna stop looking at other things while i talk and focus on talking to you so that we can have a nice night and here is the show let's do it Jersey, back again, 
best show. What's up, everybody? How are we all doing tonight? Yeah! Gonna have a good time, right? We'll talk about whatever you want. And by the way, it is still No Dude Vember. I believe this is the last Tuesday in No Dude Vember, so no dudes can call in. That's fine. If you identify as not a dude, call 201-332-3484. Who do we just hear? Oh, my goodness. Coco Hames. Long time coming from her album on Merge, her her uh, debut uh, solo album on Merge, so great, self-titled, one of the highlights of this year musically in a year full of highlights was Coco's album. If I did any sort of top ten list or whatever, that would be on it, but I don't, so it won't. I'm being told to go to the uh, hotline that I have a uh, I have a caller now. Hi, Best Show. Hello. Hi. Hi. To whom am I speaking? Trixie. Trixie. How are you, Trixie? I'm good. You good? You having a nice uh, a nice night? Yeah. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? Yeah. Did you eat food? I ate a lot of food. What was your favorite thing you ate on Thanksgiving, Trixie? Hmm, that's hard. Possibly mac and cheese. Hmm. Now, who makes the mac and cheese in the house? Who's, whose specialty is that? My dad. Your dad makes the mac and cheese. Did he tell you the recipe, or does he keep it a secret? Um, I haven't asked him, so he hasn't told me yet. Are you sure he's not just taking it out of a box, right? Are you sure he's making it by hand? I watched him make it. It's not like craft, like he's just pouring it out of a box and then putting that cheese powder on it? No, that cheese powder tastes horrible. I wouldn't eat it if it had the cheese powder on it. Mm, okay, look. I'm not the you're you getting mad at the cheese powder. I'm not the cheese powder, Trixie. <laughs> so Trixie, you called in a, a well, how what how what has it been? A couple of years probably at this point? A year? I think so. Yes. The last time I had spoken to you, you were talking about I'm trying to think what we talked about. We talked about David Bowie, maybe, or your band? Yeah, I think that was it. That's right. You were and now I think I was seven. You were seven then, and what are you nine now? Yeah, right. I'm nine. Well, happy ninth birthday, even though it's not today. Nine's like my nice. Birth- Go ahead. Your, my birthday's in June. Your birthday's in June. That's not bad. And look, my birthday's in February, and this February I'm going to be seventy-eight years old can you believe it really yes 78 finally i see things with with an old timer's wisdom trixie i saw all the stuff go down i saw it all the hindenburg i saw all of it i was there it was this uh, that's great 
Thank you. I appreciate it was great that I saw the Hindenburg. So what I also did see that you saw, because I saw you there, was John Cale in concert, right? Yeah, I saw both nights. You saw both nights. So I saw both nights also. I saw Friday night he did, because I guess he did the, what nights did you go, Thursday and Saturday or Friday and Saturday? I went Thursday and Saturday. Because Thursday and Friday were the same show. Which was. Yeah. Yes. Which was the Velvet Underground 50th anniversary show where they played the first album and they had all their guests come out. Yeah. And did you like that show? Yeah, I liked it quite a bit, and I didn't think I was going to like it as much because I had listened to a lot of his solo stuff and not a lot of the Velvet Underground stuff, but I actually ended up liking it almost as much as I liked the second night. Okay. Yeah, because, look, that's one of my favorite albums, that first Velvet Underground album, and... I thought that was a fun night because he brought out my friend Kurt Vile was there. Do you like Kurt? Uh, I don't know. He has the long hair. The guy who came out with the long hair and the flannel shirt on. Do you remember him? He was cool. He was cool. He was there Saturday night also. He played guitar on a couple songs. He stuck around for Saturday. So, yeah, he's good. I think you might like his music, his regular, the stuff he does under his own name. You should check that out when you have a chance. I think you might like it. Okay. So then the Friday, the Thursday show was fun. Now tell me about this Saturday show because it's hard to explain to people what that was. It's hard, it's hard, it's easy to explain the thing where, oh, they did the first Velvet Underground record and then, Different bands and guests came out and, and joined John Cale with that. But can you explain that Saturday night for people who weren't there? I mean, he played a lot of songs, but, like, I was, like, really confused as to what songs they were until I listened to the lyrics because he was playing them really weirdly. Yeah, me too. I was so confused. I didn't know what was going on. Partway through the song, suddenly I'd be like, oh, okay. This is leaving it up to you. And it'd be like, yeah, I missed half of it. I didn't know, for half the song, I didn't know that's what it was. I know, I was like, I, I, I like, was like, I was getting really tired in the middle of that show for some reason. And I, and I was like listening to the song. I was like, what song is this? And then I'm like, oh my God, I know this song. And what song, do you remember what songs that happened to you for? I think I was um, falling asleep during during um, Hanky Panky Know How, and I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, and suddenly you're just like, oh, I know, it's Hanky Panky Know How, and he didn't exactly. And then it's like, wait, how is this a song? Yeah, right? The only thing that made it the song is that he was up there and that the lyrics were the same. Yeah. Yeah, I wish, he, I wish some of the time he had stuck to the original version of the song and the original arrangement of the song. Yeah, the only song that I actually recognized 
when he started playing it was Fear is a Man's Best Friend. Yeah. I'm like, yay, finally, one song that he plays that isn't like wonky. Because it started off the way it is on the record. He actually was at the piano doing it. And the uh, one of the other ones that was like that was um, was that song Big White Cloud, where yeah. that sounded the way it sounds. But what, what did you think of some of like that? It was like it was so like morose sometimes, right? What it was like the songs. Sometimes. I know. Like I, I, I like I was like looking at the bugs, and then I eventually just had to close my eyes because yeah. I was like looking at them, and I was like, no, because they're not looking at these because they projected out. There were there were projections onto yeah. screens behind the band, and at one point they were projecting these bugs crawling all over the place. And they projected them onto the, onto the, the wall of the, yeah, the ceiling of the theater. And suddenly I was just like, yeah, I can't look at that. That's like a 20 foot ant or a, oh, bugs. I could not. It was, it was upsetting me. There were like a bunch of cockroaches crawling all over the ceiling. And I was like, no. Yeah. I, I like had to like close my eyes and just listen. Yeah, it was. T- I felt the same way. It was creepy. I didn't go. What, what is this? A haunted house? All of a sudden? I know. It was like. Ah. And look, I'm three years older than John Cale. Uh he's seventy five. I'm seventy eight. I'm going to be seventy eight. So I look at him and I'm like, "Hey, young man, what are you doing with this? You don't need to do." Oh, these well, things. I feel like. It was his birthday celebration, even though it was eight months late. But it kind of was his birthday celebration, and I feel like he had, like, it was his stuff, so he could mess it up, even though it disappointed a lot of people. He could mess it up, but with the Velvet Underground, everyone was there to see the Velvet Underground, not weird messed up versions of the Velvet Underground. Yeah, and the thing is, also, Imagine if, look, I had a great time seeing it. This guy's one of my heroes. I, I was amazed. He's in great. His voice is still great. His playing is still great. He's still, he still has it. Like, he's still, he still got it. Right? Wouldn't you agree with that? He wasn't like, he, he, he was able to, he sang the songs. His voice is really strong still. Right? Yeah. So that part was, that part was nice to see. But imagine, and look, I felt happy to be there. Like it, there was a thing; people couldn't get tickets. People around the country can't see this thing. It was only in, at the BAM for it. So you and I are both lucky that we got to see these shows because most people don't get to see them. So it was really fun, but I felt like the second show was kind of disappointing. Well, it's because you thought it was going to be a birthday thing, and then all of a sudden, imagine imagine if you're having your birthday in this coming June, right? And then yeah. here's your cake is there, and everybody's like, happy birthday. And suddenly, suddenly somebody just comes with a box that's filled with bugs and pours it all over your cake, right? I know. That's what that would be like. But I feel like he kind of wanted them to do that. Oh, yeah. No, he made those choices. They weren't, nobody was surprised by that. that. Those were his choices. But, like, I feel like he kind of, like, was making a choice, and I bet you he knew he was going to disappoint some people. I'm sure he did, and I'm sure he didn't care, because he's 75. What's he going to, what are the people going to, boycott him? 
and not go see him next time when he's 80? Personally, I thought that the first show, in the end, I ended up liking the first show better. One, cause I bet you, is because I started falling asleep in the second show, mm-hmm. so I didn't really get to, like, see it. Yeah. Well, you got to wake up. you got to splash some cold water on your face and wake up. <laughs> but right? I feel like the first show, I could figure out what songs they were, and I could be like, oh, I like this song, or that's not my favorite song. But but with that, I could be like, um, okay, so that song was really weird, and I didn't really like it because it was really weird, and that song, I didn't even know what it was, so I don't know if I liked it. But you know what that means is that I would say there's going to be a point in your life where you're going to do something, and it's not going to be for everybody, but just remember... Everything, the things you make don't have to make everybody happy. If you believe in them and you know you're working hard on them and they make some people happy, sometimes that's how it goes when you make things. You're not going to make everybody happy, Trixie. So this is a guy, he showed that that's how it works, is that you make things, you're not going to please everybody so you just, you're never going to please that. Even if you try to please everybody, I don't think you can. So you might as well do Actually, what you want to do. Actually, there is a way to please everybody. Well, how, what's that? Do something that, that, that um, everyone hates. Well, that's true. Then everybody can complain at the same time, right? Yeah, there's something that everyone hates. And then you please everybody by having them complain about it. And then everyone starts liking it. Because everybody's everybody, you you. All, what you would do is you would unite everybody who complains. Would all unite, and then then you would give them. So you would have like everybody, and then you would make them complain, and then you would ask each person what they liked, and then you would make a mashup of that, and it would sound horrible, but everyone would like it. Hmm. Interesting. That's a good. That's a good angle. So, tell me, Trixie, what's your favorite band to listen to or artist to listen to now? Hmm. I don't know. Well, what do you listen to? What What do you listen to lately? What's like? What's the last thing you were listening to? Um, I was just um listening to. The set list in order from those shows because I was trying to figure out what songs they were and how they really sounded. <laughs> so so I was just back. listening to those set lists. Sure. Well, that's good. I went backstage and I saw John Cale and he was wearing a hoodie and hanging out. And then I went over at one point, he was sitting in a chair. I went over to the, he had like a water cooler. And I went over to get some water from it, and then, yeah. um, and then like he gave me like a side eye look because I was at his water. I think I might have been at his water cooler, filling up a cup with water. <laughs> I don't think he. I don't think he liked it. <laughs> so that's what I got from that night was side eye when, from John Cale. When I um. 
I really like the Paris 1919 record. And so I came up with a theory for the song of Paris 1919. Okay. Because whenever I think of that song, I always think of this weird thing. Because it's talking about, I think it's talking about a ghost. Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here. We have a brand new Office Hours that just came out of the oven. We've got legendary psych rocker Ty Siegel. And Doug is back from down under. G'day. G'day. And his mommy came with him. Mommy and Gary Lusenhop are here, too. Alicia let me know that she finished the White Album, has thoughts on that. So much more on this legendary episode of Office Hours. Find us on your podcast app of choice or watch us on YouTube at youtube.com slash office hours live. Who are the animals? Because I don't smell them. And so my theory is that he lived in this big, humongous, like, apartment building, Mm -hmm. but it looks like one of those really fancy hotels with the red carpet. Okay. And so... And... It talks about her coming from the clock across the hall. So there's one of those big old grandfather clocks. And and this person just sometimes when it like like when it like strikes a certain number, she just she just like floats out. Yeah. Um I've seen the Harry Potter movies and those ghosts just like float everywhere. So she just like floats out and she's like and then you're like walking down the stairs and then she just go and then because, like, there's, like, that gap in between all the banisters. If the stairway is, like, a winding staircase, there's, like, that big gap in between the banisters. And she just, like, and then she just, like, jumps off the edge of the banister and, like, zooms down the gap. And then she, like, ends up on the bottom floor. And then she greets you at the bottom and you're, like, uh, hi. So that's your theory of what that song's about. Yeah. I think you might be right. I think you might have it figured out. I don't know. I'm not very smart, though. You're smart. I'm not. Depends what you're thinking about. Eh, I'm pretty smart. And when it comes to if you're thinking about, I don't know. If you're thinking about like trying to solve. A crossword puzzle? Don't ask me. I'm horrible at them. If you're thinking about doing a really complicated math problem, possibly ask me. Okay. Possibly. Look, I'm not good at anything. I'm only good at talking about Bugs Bunny cartoons. Really? Yeah, I'm not very smart. the only thing you're good at? Kind of. When push comes to shove, I think it might be uh, all I can talk about is stuff like that. Um, what's your favorite that's subject? That's really the only thing you're good at. Then, well, what's your favorite what's subject? What's the point in, in doing anything? Well, I can't help it that I'm not good at anything else. What am I supposed to go crawl under a rock just because I'm not good at anything? No. You're supposed to start learning and then be good at other stuff. Yeah, but I try, and then I just, I'm not good at it. What was your, what's your favorite subject in school? I don't know. You 
don't know, think. You can guess a subject you're good at. What's one subject you like? I like art. You like art. Do you know what I was good at at school? Lunch. What? Lunch. <laughs> that was it. You know, some kids aren't good at lunch. Yeah, well, like I said, I'm only good at certain things. The principal was just like, you're very good at lunch, Tom. That's about it. Yeah. So, you're good at art, I'm like, good at lunch. Like, if you had a trophy for anything, it would probably be a trophy that that pictured um, Bugs Bunny eating lunch. It would probably be a trophy that you could eat, actually. Like it would be a, it would trophy. Be a trophy made out of chocolate that pictured Bugs Bunny. Exactly. That you just summed. Oh, oh no! You just summed my whole life up. All I am is a trophy made of chocolate, shaped like Bugs Bunny. I mean, white chocolate or milk chocolate? I don't know. All of it. Just melt it all together. Leave it in the back seat of your car, and then just pour it into a mold. Once it's all melty. Um, I think white chocolate's too sweet. Okay. I think that my taste buds are fried and can't tell the difference. Maybe just eat something like really super spicy or really super sour. And then you're like, you know what? Eat like Warhead's lollipops. Try to do that without like, and then you and then you might be able to taste everything better. I'm too old for the warheads. I'll short circuit. You can eat them; they I'll, won't kill you. I'll short circuit. Uh, I can eat wor- Werther's is what I eat. Right, Werther's. You know those butterscotch candies. Um. And that's really as sour as you can go or as spicy. That's the most sour I can go is butterscotch. <sighs> Ever sucked on a lemon? Yeah. yeah I've had lemons. Ever look every I've third week. On a lemon. Every, every third week I make a I, I, I got some lemons, a three hour lemon. This show turns into a lemon once every few weeks. So you've eaten lemons? you sucked on lemons? Yes. They do not taste very good. No, they don't. That's why you're not supposed to do that. Yeah. But you do it, and then you, and then you, like, scrunch up your face, and yeah. then you just keep on sucking on them. What's going on over in that house? You got lemons for dinner? No. Obviously not. They're not that good. Alright. Well look, Trixie, this is what I say to you. You should call as much as you want. Anytime you want, you call. Let me know what's going on. Keep me up to date with uh what's cool. Okay. Right. Oh, one more question. Of course. Do you know how to dab? Do I know how to dab? Uh Yeah. Yeah, I do. I'm a member I'm a Jake Paul fan. Of course, I know how to dab. Good. 
You know how to dab. That means you're awesome. Oh, well, that's nice of you to say. Do you like Jake Paul or Logan Paul? Which which Paul brother do you like, Trixie? I do not know. Well, don't find out. It's a waste of your time. Keep listening to John Cale. That sounds like a good idea. All right. You have a great night. Goodbye. Bye. I like when uh, Trixie calls. Who else is good here, Mike? One. Best show, hi. Hi. Hi, to whom am I speaking? You are speaking to Teresa in Kentucky. Teresa in Kentucky? Yes, also known as Euphoria Fish on Twitter. How are things in Kentucky tonight, Teresa? I'm going to call you Teresa, though, not Euphoria Thank you. Fish. That, that, that's fine. I hope you don't mind. I'm not <laughs> going to refer to you as Euphoria Fish. Well, we can go with dignity over brevity. Thank you. So how are you tonight? Um, pretty pretty good. It's It's been a good holiday weekend. What did you do for Thanksgiving? Well, um... Maybe I can set the bar for most or greatest Thanksgivings because I had three of them. Three Thanksgivings? Yeah. Please. First it was family Thanksgiving and then Friendsgiving and then Chinese Thanksgiving. Okay. So the first Thanksgiving was what time? Was the family one. Okay. The family one, which was what, the afternoon of Thursday? Yeah, um, like right at noon, mom's been cooking for three hours. I ask every year if I can help, and she says stay out of the kitchen because um, mom's a Thanksgiving Jedi master. Okay. Cooks, cooks, like, just using the force, no book, tactile memory only, and says if I'm in the kitchen, she'll lose her rhythm, won't be able to teach me anything. But you'll never learn. You'll never she, learn. She's, she's got to be alone to search her feelings for the right quantity of each ingredient. At some point, she's going to have to, if, if, these, if, these, if these fancy recipes are going to live on, she's got to teach someone. That's what I say. And then I vow to get up early enough to peel some potatoes, and then I wind up sleeping halfway through the parade. So I'm failing to. Oh, so then that was the first Thanksgiving. So you loaded up, and now you're now you're just you're yeah. you're fading in and out of sleep. Yeah, amazing, amazing food coma. We had red lentils with coconut milk, and um, the traditional turkey green bean casserole, okay. and the frozen cranberry salad that mom makes for me every year because I'm like the person who likes it. Well, that's nice. She makes a thing just for you. Pretty much. Everybody else is just like, it's okay, but I'm the one who's over the moon for frozen cranberry salad. It tastes like cranberry ice cream. That does sound good. So then when does Friendsgiving start? Yeah, Friendsgiving was the next day. Okay. And it was the second food coma. I felt guilty because I could have brought a side, but um, I didn't because I was meeting friends from childhood for lunch right before that. Mm-hmm. I 
different friend gathering. We got Korean barbecue. And I didn't want to, you know, it's, it's weird to take food into the restaurant. And I was getting a ride, so I couldn't just leave it in the car. Well, look, I got a story about food coming into restaurants I'm going to tell tonight. Oh, boy. <laughs> boy, oh, boy. About an hour and a half ago, I was up the wall two hours ago. Two hours ago. I was up the wall with food I saw brought into a restaurant. Up the wall, like, um, upset, angry about it? Well, I wasn't angry, but I was just like, come on. I was in this uh, this uh, uh, Italian restaurant, right? Eating like I like to eat before the show. And then there's a family sitting across from me. And the, the mom pulls out this bag for the kids. It's a dad and a mom and a kid. And then a bunch of relatives show up. And then they're like starting to order, and then the mom pulls out a, like a, a, a McDonald's bag, and it starts taking like cheeseburgers out, and then a so a McDonald's soda, and sets it out for for the kid. This kid was like eight. Like, and there's no kids menu that will accommodate their their young people. But no, I mean, I mean, it's this Italian restaurant. I don't want this McDonald's stink. Running through the uh, the restaurant. Now the restaurant stinks like like a McDonald's. Doesn't every single kid's restaurant menu have chicken nuggets on it in some form or fashion? I don't know what was going on at this place. I was so I'm looking at this. I'm just like, you can't you can't figure it, well, 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 one thing out for your kid to eat before he's got to bring his smelly McDonald's into the Italian restaurant. You know what I mean? That that McDonald's stink. You know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, right. Yeah. So this kid's eating. This kid's got these cheeseburgers out on the table, and I could kind of just smell them, just enough that I knew they were there. <laughs> and then the family starts ordering, and then the kid goes like, "I want a margarita." Like, and then the waiter's just like, uh, sorry, the margarita, that's a uh, alcoholic drink. And then, then the whole family's like, well, the mixer's an alcoholic. The mixer, they put alcohol in, the mixer's not alcoholic. You can make it, th- it's like, so this kid can't, this kid can't eat spaghetti, but he can have a non-alcoholic margarita. Like, that's really... So, and then, so then the the guy's like, "Fine, I'll find out." And then, then the kid's like, "I want bread. I want bread." And I'm just like, "Bread? You want bread? You got bread on your burgers, kid. You're not eating here. You're tying up a seat. You want bread? You eat that uh, hamburger bun. You don't get bread. You don't get bread in the basket. We can put butter on your uh, cheeseburger. I better not see any of that butter pat go on that cheeseburger. Oh, Oh, if I saw that, I would have flipped the table over. If I would have seen this kid, like, take the the butter out of the bread basket and start smearing it on, start slathering it all over the bun of his cheeseburger. No. 
I wouldn't be that much. So you don't bring food into other restaurants. You know what I mean? Am I wrong? Am I wrong on this one? You're not wrong at all. Am I super? I, I would. I would be contemptuous. Thank you. Thank you. I'm. I'm. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. I've just. You had three great Thanksgivings in a matter of two days. Well, it was more like three days. I think I took a break one of those days. Okay. So now, but now you're pulling it back together. Now you're, you're eating normal. Everybody's got to eat yeah. normal for a little bit until. Well, we, well, we kind of stuffed it down to break up the leftovers with Chinese Thanksgiving, which is like a three year now officially a tradition with my um, new friends group that I'm hanging out with. Not sure how I feel about these new friends of yours. They seem like trouble. <laughs> I don't yeah. Know. Um, for, for like a decade since school, I didn't have a local tribe, and now I've finally found a local tribe. Good. That's awesome. Of, of, of like heavy metal loving D and Ders. Yeah. Everybody, find you find you find it, right? You, mm-hmm. you find your people. There's also my filmmaking networking group. It's also your from what, a year or so ago. Your filmmaking. There's also yeah. But they're an hour away, and I was feeling left out of karaoke night because they're a full hour away, and it's hard to go out that late for karaoke. Yes. It's hard, because you, you leave it all you leave it all there, and then you're supposed to get back in a car and drive an hour when you're... You, yeah. You, it's like... Yeah. It, it kills me because I miss it so much. Um, I went to karaoke in Japan and in California, and... It's like my favorite social thing because you don't have to have a lot of conversation icebreakers. Everybody's there to support each other and sing. But um, I, I don't get to do it enough. Yeah. I got to go do karaoke. I'm telling you, in the next week or so, I'm going again. I got to go do karaoke. Yes, well, what's, your, what's your favorite song? To do with karaoke? Yeah. Hmm. I like to do, uh, I guess that's why they call it the blues by Elton John. Fun. That always, uh, brings everybody, right? Right, Mike? You ever, Pat saw me do that, right? Laughing like children, living like lovers. Rolling like thunder under the covers. I gotta do that. I gotta get back to karaoke. All right. Well, I'm gonna say thank you for calling and I will talk to you soon. Have a great holiday season. You too. Bye. Bye. Telling me to go to the phones, to go to my thing of the hotline. This scares me. All right, I'll go. Best show. Hey, Tom, it's Milt. Oh, hey, Milt. Oh, Milt. I, I got it. Let me, for for the sake of the audience, Milt is my brother-in-law. 
He's married to my sister, Cheyenne, and, uh, yeah. You don't sound too thrilled. You're not, you're not mad at me, are you? Well, I, I gotta say, I'm certainly not happy with you right now, Milt. Is this about Thanksgiving? Is this about Thanksgiving? Of course this is about Thanksgiving. Alright, well, like, what, what in particular? Uh-huh, well, you want, you really want me to talk about this now? I do, yes. Uh-huh, okay. Well, I would say, for starters, I don't know why you had to, uh, I, I, I have no idea why you had your, your stereo going, uh, when, when you said the prayer. Well, I, I did make it quieter. Quieter, but not, everybody could still hear the, uh, that offensive, uh, like really horrible, really offensive music you had going the whole time. Horrible? Lots of people love Triple X Maniac. Uh-huh. You, you just don't haven't given them a chance yet. Yeah, well, I gotta say it was definitely. I'd say yeah, it's definitely the most offensive thing I've ever heard. And I gotta say, I'm just uh, I'm just so relieved that uh, Great Grandmama Sharpling was not alive to hear that garbage. All right, well, look. All right, first of all, this is something that I have always hated about the way that young people treat the elderly. It's like, we all act like the the aged have never had any contact with, like, the, the dark or the unsavory side of life. I'll, I'll tell you one thing. You show me someone over 70, and I'll show you someone who's had more than their fair share of... But I just had to bleep all of that. All of it? All of it. Oh. You can't say that. All right. Well, sorry. What What else about Thanksgiving at Shea Milt has your jock in a jangle? Uh-huh. Um, you know, just, uh, the way you always have to try to outdo me any time I say anything. Me? Like, how so? Um, well, like, okay. Aunt, Aunt Maud asked me about how the shows that, uh, John and I had done back in October in Brooklyn went and I start telling her and then suddenly you couldn't even wait one second for me to finish and you start butting in talking all about how great the Sting concert you saw over the summer was. Well, what's the big deal? I wanted to share my love of Sting with my beloved loved ones and I'll tell you that version of Born in the 50s he played on the zither was transcendent. Um, I'm sure it was transcendent, but I was talking at that point. And yeah. then, if that's not bad enough, you start making up all these things to compete with stories I was telling about people I've worked with throughout my career uh, over the last bunch of years. You know, you. Making things up? What, what are you. Yeah. What specifically are you talking about? What you're talking about, Milt? I'm gonna. Please don't make me say it on the air. It's so, so embarrassing. And look, as much as I, admittedly, don't get along with you, um, you're still family, and I don't want people to hear this story. What? Wait, not the David Cassidy story. That's a great story. Yeah, that's the story. The, you really want? Okay, I'll. You know, 
It's a, what? Because it, yeah. Uncle Tony asks me if I had ever met David Cassidy, and I started telling him the story of how back at the U.S. Open in the early 2000s I had met him. And then uh, that you, though, jumped right in, started talking over me, and you started making up this lie about, you know, I really, this is so stupid, I really don't even want to say it. What? Look, all I said was that when I was 11, I was David Cassidy's stand-in on the Partridge family. What's the big deal? Uh-huh. You were his stand-in when you were 11. Yes. Well, he was 20 when he started doing that show. Well, and I started maturing very early. You know, I, I looked just like him from behind. Uh-huh. Well, Milt, nobody believed you on that, uh, especially when you start saying how you would fly from from Newbridge to L.A. every weekend to shoot your scenes. I did, and I was definitely not lying about that. There's no way I was. And I'll tell you, I'd, I'd show you the pay stubs, but my mom threw them out in the late 80s. You know, and that was after she put them high atop the fridge where I couldn't reach them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. I just, I don't want to keep talking about this. Um, but, you know, the bigger issue I actually have is, is you were rude to uh, John, my brother John's son, Dylan. You were very rude. I was rude? Yes. Did you hear what that little Katie Turr with a D on the end said? He was upset that he had to sit at, at the kids' table and eat what he considered, and I'm, I'm quoting him, inferior food. Inferior food. Yes, yeah. F- food that my dear wife, your dear sister, prepared for him and the other kids. You know, as you know, Tom, we had Thanksgiving catered by that new Latino uh, catering firm, El Movable Fiesta. But Cheyenne made a very scrumptious meal for the under-15s. Mm-hmm. And that little dillweed, he walked up to your brother, John, and in full earshot of Cheyenne said, Daddy, why do I have to choke down this low-quality meal now when in 30 minutes the adults are going to enjoy a gourmet feast? Which I have to say, in retrospect, is a pretty spectacular thing for a 5-year-old to say to a 53-year-old woman. Yeah, um... That is a very odd thing for a five-year-old to say about a, a gourmet feast and like like determining that some food is low quality. How does he know? I mean, what what is he eating? Yes. I don't know what he's eating that would help him determine that. I think it goes to regular school. Uh huh. Yeah. Well. Okay. You know. Look. But look, I'll tell you, and it was so it was so hurtful to Cheyenne. It really was. It was very sad. Okay. Almost cast a pall over the entire day. Okay. Well, I will say it. Yes, that's uncool uh, for Dylan to say. But I, you know, it was also uncool of you to start. You went on some tirade warning everybody about not shopping online this past yesterday. It would have been been this past Monday. And it was, it was, I was actually embarrassed for you. Why? Look, I told you, it's not my fault I thought it was Cyborg Monday. Uh Uh-huh. Cyborg, everybody, everybody in America knows it's Cyber Monday. 
Oh, I'll, I'll bet there are quite a few Amish people, uh, invalids, and other unfortunates who who, who don't know anything about Unfor- Cyber uh, Cyber Monday. Un- unfortunates. Well, you know. Yeah. Sure. The, oh, yeah. I'm sure the le- yeah they just yeah. And you know what? Also, talking about being offensive, what was up with that Adolf thing you had going? What about it? Well, you know, Ad- Adolf is Radio Hut's, I'll tell you, far superior answer to Amazon's much inferior Alexa application. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, well, it might be superior, but it's very off-putting to hear someone barking, like, Adolf! All night at a electronic device. Like, if I could do an impression, you're like, Adolf! Dim the lights. Adolf, turn the heat up. Adolf, feed the dog. I, I wasn't barking like that. I was just being forceful. You know, just like Adolf's namesake. Oh, like eight. Oh, that's that's nice. So, what? So this, and I didn't want to bring this up. So this thing's named after Adolf Hitler. No, you monster! It's named after Adolf Kern, the patriarch of the Kern family. Okay. That's right. I forget his name. Well, Adolf Kern from the Kern. I mean, Adolf Kern was a terrible person also. What? No, he wasn't, was he? Yeah. Haven't you been watching the Shout Network show, America's Most Flagrant Bastards? No. They had like an entire episode about Adolf Kern. Well, what did he do that was so bad? I mean, they could take all night. Well, just not okay, off for the top me. of Back in, like, the turn of the century, like the early 1900s, right. when he was mayor of Newbridge, he diverted hundreds of thousands of taxpayer dollars from the hospital to pay for this Olympic-sized pudding vat that was built behind his mansion. And this is, like, during a very, a very crucial, like, like the, this was at the height of the the the... The Newbridge uh, whooping belch epidemic. A vat full of pudding? It was full of pudding? Yes. And he, I don't get it. He would eat all of it? or I don't know. Would what he I, give it out? I mean, that's a lot of pudding. I think he would, I don't think he would swim in it completely being in it. Well, you know, back then, they would swim in weird stuff. Like, that was like a, a cure-all, you know, like, I'm going to swim in iodine or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You always hear about that stuff. You, you Old Ways. That that was the um, that was the basis for Neil Young's album Old Ways. It was the first song on it. Of course, was that song about swimming in iodine. Yeah. One of these days, I'm gonna take a dip in a pool full of iodine. Percentage of people. Who, whose favorite Neil Young show, who have seen more than three Neil Young shows, whose favorite show that they saw was The Shocking Pinks? Percentage of people. Yeah. Who, that was their, that would be their favorite Neil Young show. Uh, 0.4%. I think, I think you're, you're, you're right about that. Look. Oh, yeah, I mean, he didn't do, yeah, the last time I saw him, he did this 20-minute version of Down by the River, but it was great this time. They played for 35 minutes. And it was like it was like songs that the, that the Stray Cats wouldn't have wouldn't have let on one of their records. Yeah, 
They did that, and then they left. They <laughs> left. And I think he did a rockabilly version of <laughs> of a song. Sugar Mountain. Yeah. <laughs> oh, to live on Sugar Mountain. Play that round. Is it a roundhouse space or a doghouse space? What is it? A what? What is it? Yeah, how, how about, don't they call those stand-up bases? They call it a doghouse base or a roundhouse base. Oh, I'm not sure. Slapping that doghouse base on uh, Lee Rocker. Yeah, he would always climb the base. He climbed it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but oh, but getting back to the to the um, the Adolf Kern thing, that I'll tell you, man, that's yeah, that brings me down. That puts a real crimp in my crotch. I mean, I'm going to feel extra creepy now when I tell Adolf to queue up my favorite spank vids on Radio Hut Prime Erotique. Oh, and what? I don't even want to go within a mile of that, but you were talking that Radio Hut Prime. Come, come within half a mile of it. No, I'm still not going. A mile is as close as I'll come. All right, fair enough. Um, after dinner, when you made everybody watch that terrible mafia horror movie that you wouldn't shut up about? What? You didn't like Godfather 3, The Exsanguination of Michael Gorleone? No, it was completely sickening. Well, I guess to each his own. I thought it was very artful, and I, I, I definitely would rank that as one of Trent L. Strauss's more ambitious films. And I'll tell you what I love most of that. I love how he managed to get gore in the title twice. I heard he was going for a third time, but he couldn't figure it out. Uh-huh. Couldn't figure out how to get gore in the title yeah. a third time. I, th I think he wanted to have it like, like have another call and then have it be like, and the the uh, the beheading of Martin Gore. Mm -hmm. But Martin Gore wouldn't do it for he 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 wanted at least scale. The guy from Depeche Mode. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard I've heard he's got a real aversion to acting in horror movies. He used to love it. He did. He used to love it. But you didn't like the movie? Who? You. I didn't like that movie. Well, I think everyone else liked it. I know who I no no one liked the movie except you. You were well, the who only didn't one. like it. Like cousin Millie. Cousin Millie hated it. Ugh. She made this point of saying over and over how she doesn't like these extreme movies where someone opens a refrigerator door and then there's a human head inside. And just like I told her and everybody assembled, there wasn't a human head in the refrigerator. Yeah, there were two human heads in the refrigerator. Well, well, everyone knows that if there's two scary things in one shot, they cancel each other out. It's the first rule of horror, you dope. So that's the first rule of horror. Yes, it's it's in the, the aforementioned Trenell Strauss's landmark book, The Complete Horror Director. The That if there are two scary things in one shot, they they cancel each other out. Yeah. All right, what's the first, what's your first shot? In a, what do you mean? On a movie. The, um, the master shot. That's right, good job. Thank you. You'll work again. Uh, or you'll work once. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Max. I don't know. I'm just busting your piece. Yeah. Hey, you know, speaking of Hut, Hut Prime. Yeah. Let me know what you want for Christmas, okay? Because I want to start ordering things tomorrow. Um, I get free shipping with Prime. Uh-huh. And um, I'm going to send um, 
I'm going to give Cheyenne my list for you guys. And uh, uh, it, it's mainly music. It's, it, it's pretty simple. You know, I'm, I'm actually, it's cool. I'm getting back into the bands I liked when I was a kid. It's pretty exciting. You know, I, I, you know how they'll do those remastered CDs of, you know, of, of, of classic albums. I, I really want to get all of those ones from when I was a, just getting into music. Sure. Like which, which records? Oh, man. Well, the, uh, the first album I really loved and I connected with as a kid was that Kiss album with Detroit Rock City on. Remember that song? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know that. Da-dum, 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 um, and th- that album uh, it's from is called um, Killer Clowns on a Cliff. Uh-huh. Well, no, that album's actually called Destroyer. It is? Yeah. Really? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Let me write it down. Um... What else is on the list? Uh, oh, I, I loved the Aerosmith album with um, with Walk This Way and Sweet Emotion on it. Um, it's called um, The Inanimate Objects That Came to Life and Formed a Non-Human Chain in Order to Free Themselves from Upstairs. Uh, well, no. That, that album, that's Toys in the Attic is the name What's of What's it album. called? Toys in the Attic. Oh, that makes sense because the, uh, there is a song on it called Toys in the Attic. I think it's the first song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so that's the that's the actual title of it. You know, and then I started to get really into into punk, and uh, the the first one of those punk albums I loved. It was so good. Was that first Damned album, Whipped Cream Party? Mm-hmm. Wrong t- again. Wrong title. It's Damn Damn Damned was the title of that one. It's the their name three times. That it's their name three times, yes. And I for sure it was called Whipped Cream Party. I, I gotta say, it's very strange. There was a caller last week who also didn't know the names of famous albums either, where he just, he, he, he knew a lot about music, but right. he had this kind of mental blockage when it came to the actual correct titles of the, of the albums. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of us out here suffering from acute titlenesia. It's really sad. Wait, what? That actually is the name? What is it? Acute titlenesia? Okay. I didn't know that, that that actually had a name. Oh, it does, yeah. And I'll tell you, it's interesting. Uh, current Pharmaceutical, they have a new drug that they're, they're in trials with right now to come, combat it. It's called uh, Album Allegra. And um, I've heard that like half the people who've taken it have croaked, but I still really want to try it because it, it's a, it's a real affliction, Tom. This uh, title nesia? Yeah. Sure. You think? It's... Yeah, I mean. Well, hopefully you. Can... I really suffer from it. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, anyhow, if you can only give me one album for Christmas. Uh huh. Please make it Queen's um, The Regretful Robot that tore the roof off a stadium and squished a rock group. Please. Yeah, okay, that's that's one that the guy last week brought up. It's not called the what was it the rob the regretful the, the regretful robot that tore the roof off a stadium and squished a rock group. Why? No, it's it's called News of the World. What? Yeah, I don't get it. It's that's what the album's called. All right, let me write it down. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, speaking of the harder rock stuff, did, did you hear that Eddie Trunk has been made head of biographical programming over at the Shout Network? Wow, that that's a very strange choice. Odd move, right? Yeah, because he's, as everybody knows, Eddie Trunk is a, it's like a radio host who covers 
pretty much hard rock and heavy metal is what he's interested in. That's and it's mostly these long forgotten bands from the seventies and eighties. Well, you say that like it's a, it's a bad thing. And I'll tell you, I for one can't wait to see the first movie of the week that he's got in, in production. It's called Let It Roll, the Phil Mogg story. Oh, well, that's a, a movie everybody can't wait to see, I'm sure. The, the life story of the, the singer of the band UFO, which, uh, were a band that didn't come within shouting distance of uh, a hit in the U.S. Look, it's not his life story, you munch. It's just the first part of his life story. There's seven more parts after that. There's seven parts. At, how many parts? Well, how long is each episode? Uh, gosh, I think I read three hours. Three hours? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's lived quite a life and, and bedded quite a few uh, beauties. Ugh. Yeah. Well, well, maybe that one's not for you. Uh-huh. But, um... I did read that Eddie has a whole bunch more of these biopics uh, in, in the pipeline, and uh, there's got to be something for everybody out there. I know for a fact he's greenlit uh, the life stories of, um, who was it, uh, Great White, uh, Badlands, Trickster, Black Cherry Communion, uh, John Five, Slash, Rachel Bolin, um, original Iron Maiden guitarist Dennis Stratton. So uh-huh. it's exciting stuff. Oh, that's a that's a that's a production slate that uh, it, it brings the old studios back. Uh, it sure does. Coming. It sure does. Does 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 yeah. does. Hey, speaking of Iron Maiden, yeah, I took Cheyenne to see Hamilton the other night. Oh, okay, I was really disappointed. There wasn't a single mention of Aaron Burr's kick-ass drumming in the entire performance. In Hamilton, yeah. I have no. I, I wait. I don't have any. I, I'm not exactly sure what you're talking about. It's Aaron Burr was a drummer. You you have what is admittedly a, a toddler's radio show, but you don't know that Aaron Burr played drums on the first three Iron Maiden albums. Oh, that's that's so stupid. This, what? Milt Aaron Burr was alive back in the 1800s, and you're I, you're thinking of Clive Burr. The drummer on the first couple Iron Maiden albums. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Aaron must have been his father. That makes sense. Yeah, I'm sure that's what that's sure. I'm sure that's what it was. Well, could be. You never know. Yeah, it could be. Hey, you watching the Deuce? The do- No, I haven't seen the Deuce yet. Are you? It's it's good. It's good. Um, I'll tell you if you liked. Um, a Most Violent Year, that movie from like 2015 about the camel hair coat uh, duking it out in the New York Fuel Wars. You're going to love this. Uh-huh. Yeah. The Deuce is about a sea of brown leather car coats trying to survive in gritty 1970s Times Square. Uh, okay. I, I mean, I, 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 I don't get it. And you never will! Okay. Well, wait, take it down a couple notches, Milk. All right? Relax. I'm sorry. I just get so worked up when I see injustice being played out. Uh huh. You know, it's like James Franco. Everyone's kissing his bottom, and he thinks he's so cool because he plays twins in in the in the Deuce. But you know, it's been done before, much bigger and better. Do you remember that sitcom back in the in the early '80s where F. Murray Abraham played quintuplets? 
Wait, F. Murray Abraham played yeah. quintuplets? No. It was called F-Stop. Okay. Yeah. And in the show, F. Murray Abraham played five different family members who all team up to run a highway rest stop. Pretty cool idea, right? Sure. And, and he played all five characters. Um, I haven't seen it forever, but there was there was the main character um, named what was his name Harvey. There was a mechanic named Tools. There was a bookkeeper. His name was either Irving or Einstein. I can't remember. But uh, and then there was this no good brother who was always scheming for a fast buck named Leonardo. And then finally there was this um, the guy that pumped the gas, and 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 his his name was Gas Nozzle. His name was Gas Nozzle. Yeah, and that they, was a legal name. And they were all played by F. Murray Abraham? Yes, yeah, and they all look kind of different, too. And so, it, what the show, unfortunately the show's not really known for what happened on the screen. It, it, the main footnote of the show was, was uh, this fa- famous um, fight amongst the cast. Um, F. Murray was not getting along at all with the actor that played Leonardo. But as I just explained, the thing is that they were the same person. They were both played by F. Murray Abraham. Uh-huh. Very weird, right? That's very weird. Yeah. And, you know, pe- people tried to make that point clear to, to F. Murray Abraham, but he, he just wouldn't understand it or he couldn't hear it or whatever. And at one point he refused to even be on set when Leonardo was doing his scenes and then Leonardo reciprocated, saying that it would be a cold day in hell when he shared a set with F. Murray. And then things really escalated one night, and the two of them got into this really violent, bloody fist fight. It was brutal. But they were the same person? It was the same person, and there's footage. I've, only, I've seen it once. It's not on YouTube. It's just of F. Murray Abraham just rolling back and forth in the dirt. Uh-huh. Just yelling in two different voices for, I'm not lying, it's an hour. Wow. They had to reload the camera several times. That's very weird. It's crazy. It's crazy. And I'll tell you, it was the least popular show in the history of CBS, and it got canceled after, like, three episodes. And it was replaced by a recap show called Talking Archie Bunker's Place. Like a re a show where they were recapping episodes of Archie Bunker's Place? It was the first one, yeah. That, yeah, I, for, yeah first one of those. That, that must have been the first recap show. It was, and I'll tell you, um, Jake Fogelnoost has been trying to bring it back because, uh, for that specific show, because as we all know, there was an episode that they weren't seen, but there was an episode where, uh, his, his granddaughter, I forget what her name was, she goes to see Devo. Huh. Yep. Look it up. I've done my research, now you do yours. Yeah, okay. Or, or, or I'll let it go. You know? I mean, I wish I could do that. I never Milton. can, though. Sometimes, Milt, in life, you got to let it go. You go see movies. You watch TV shows. You just yep. watch them, and you have a good time with them. You know, I went to the movies the other night. Odd, odd that you mentioned that. Okay. Um, I saw that new Francis McDormand movie. Oh, yeah. I want to see that. That's got, it's got a, a, a kind of a weird title. Right? It does. It's called The Small Town Missouri Sheriff's Wife Who Was Inexplicably Australian. 
Okay. I don't know if that's exactly the time. That's what that's I'm, called? I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. I mean, it has to be called that. Uh-huh. Well, you saw it. I didn't. So. I did, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll, hey. Yeah? You used to work in the TV and movie business, I right? I did. I did, yes. Well, I heard this podcast the other day, and they were talking about this this kind of red herring plot device that, that is in films every now and then where there's there's something the viewer thinks is important but really isn't important. And it's just something that that is used to move the story along and it's like never referred to again or it's not really paid sure, attention sure. to. Yes, I know. It's a, it's, it's a device that's used in movies and I think the – one of the best examples of it would be like the briefcase in Pulp Fiction, mm. but it goes back all the, like back in movie history, back to I think the Maltese Falcon. See, that's what I, ha- I have an issue with. They said the same thing in this podcast, but there's no way that could be the case because I know for a fact that McDonald's didn't didn't introduce the egg McMuffin until like 1972. And I sent a very scathing email to the podcast producer informing him of this. Um, well, I'm going to say I hope the podcast producer sends you back a scathing email. Why? Um, because this is this is the, a new low. What do you mean? Stupidity. This is sometimes I wonder where the floor truly is, and I think I just for, for what for my for for someone's stupidity, not for, mine. For all of humanity's stupidity. Okay. And I think I it's it's a MacGuffin is the thing, not an egg McMuffin. <laughs> what? It's not. It's not an egg. You thought that the device where they would just introduce something in a movie that's meant to move the plot along was called an egg McMuffin. I did, and I thought it had to be because, if you recall, in Pulp Fiction, when they open that briefcase, it's glowing yellow, and the egg McMuffin wrapper is yellow. You know, you pulled it back just enough to let me... Un- at least understand how you got there. Well, and also there, I know for a fact there's there's a, a couple moments that were cut out. I've seen it on on the uh, I think it's the Japanese DVD a director's cut of, of Pulp Fiction. You know they're doing the hamburger royale or the cheeseburger royale, big big Mac. Uh huh. They um he asked him if he, what he thinks the egg McMuffin is called over there. Yeah. And uh, he said he doesn't know, and he says it, it's called Dureg McMuffin, D E R. Dureg McMuffin. Yeah. Uh huh. So. All right. All right. Well, look, I don't know. I mean, you were in the business, but uh, uh-huh. hey, speaking of films, yeah, I love this new Jim Carrey movie where he plays this totally narcissistic, douchey actor who's being really horrible to everyone involved in this movie that they're doing about this guy who is genuinely a one-of-a-kind genius. Have you seen this thing? Uh, I did see that, and you're talking about it as if it's a movie where he played... It was, that was a documentary. That was not a scripted movie. What? Are you serious? Yes. No. Yes, it's a documentary about the making of the Andy uh, Kaufman movie. So Jim Carrey was actually behaving like that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh my God! What a monster. Uh huh. Well, but you know, in his defense, yeah, I gotta say there were certainly things that Jim Carrey did in that movie that I've done in my life. Really? Mm-hmm. Like like what? 
Well, remember how Jim Carrey, he's being interviewed by Oprah, and he's, he tells her that he wrote himself a check for $10 million for um, acting services rendered? Yeah, it's one of the most annoyingly dumb things I've ever seen. Dumb? Well, uh-huh. well that did come true for him, and, and he did yeah. make more than $10 million from acting. Just like I'm going to make the exact same amount of money that I wrote on my check for music services rendered. Mu- music services rendered. Yeah, I wrote it out to myself. Uh-huh. A check. Milt, yes. I've never heard you talk about playing music not not even once. I never mentioned it? No. Oh. Well, that that's how I'm, I met your sister. Okay. Yeah, this was back in the early 2000s. My power pop band was playing at Buzzies. That's where I met her. You were in a power pop band? Yes, yeah. We were called the Zap with an exclamation point on the end. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, and I was the lead singer and the rhythm guitarist. And, uh, oh, my God, that was the night. That was also the night that Tommy Keene saved my life. Tommy Keene saved your life? He did, yes. Yeah, this is so crazy. So... The Zap is opening for Tommy Keene at, at Buzzies. This is, this is 2004. And at the end of the night, the club owner, Mickey Zilchek, he comes up to, to pay Tommy and me. I was the representative from my band. And turnout was great. The show was great. Tommy was awesome. I think we did pretty well. And uh, so, we're, you know, everyone's excited and happy and, you know, drained and just, you know, feeling good. And, but then, Tom, here's where it gets really dark. Have you ever heard of Power Pop Pop Pop? Oh, yeah. That Power Pop Pop Pop? Yeah. One, one of the weirdest interviews I ever, uh, ever took place on this show was with one of, uh, Power Pop Pop Pop's, uh, I guess you'd call him a minion or a lackey, where he, um, yeah, he told this story about how the, this guy Power Pop 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 was this, Beetle, bolt, like beetle cut haired, failed, like power pop musician who, right. who ended up running the whole uh, power pop scene in Newbridge in the Quint Cities, and but he ran it with this like this iron fist, like right, you know, and behind his back, all the people on the scene, the power poppers, all called him Pole Pop. That's right, Pole Pop. Yeah. And that if, like, people in bands didn't, uh, like, if, if they did something that he, he didn't like, right. he would zap them with this thing he called his popper. Right. Which was like a hand, like a handgun or something, yeah, right? Yeah, it was, yep. like, shaped like a, like a, a classic Rickenbacker bass, and it shot out, um, what did it shoot out? It was like these rocks, but I, they were made of like hardened garbage, if I remember correctly. Yeah, hard hard garbage rocks. Yeah. And he eventually got uh, barged, Power Pop Pop Pop, by, uh, by his uh, enemies. And that was years ago, and he's been presumed to be lost at sea. I got to tell you, that's one of the best nutshellings I've ever heard. Thank you. I, I appreciate good. that, Milt. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, if I ever really need anything nutshelled again, you're, you're my man. If, if you do need, if you or anybody listening needs anything nutshelled. What I'm, do you charge? I wrote, 
What would you rate the for, for like a, a, a mid-sized nut shelling? Three, three fifty. Not bad. It's pretty good. It's, it's worthy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but look. So, so anyway, so so getting back to the story. At this point, Power Pop 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 comes up to up to me, and he's really condescending. And he he, he says that our set was, and I'll never forget this quote: "Decent for a baby band." Like Velvet Crush before they had an original idea. He really said that. Uh, uh, okay, that's harsh. Not too insulting, right? Yeah, no, no. But but he's Power Pop Pop Pop. You know, he's he's like the the boss tweed of Newbridge Power Pop, and. You know, nothing nothing happens without his approval. And, I mean, he, he actually, he didn't pay us, but he, he booked the show. Okay. So I just kind of nod, you know, not wanting to make waves and not wanting to jeopardize any future gigs we could have. Um, but but Tommy, Tommy says to, to, to Quad P, hey, Dip, you can't talk to him like that. Those guys were good. You could have heard a... a, a Plimsoll's record drop. Wow. Nobody had ever spoken to Power Pop 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 like that before, uh-huh. and he blows a gasket. And he gets in Tommy King's face and he says, You're never going to pop in this town again. Now, for, for perspective, Tommy King, one of the one of the greatest pop rock songwriters uh, of all time. You know, I, I, I would say the best Power Pop songwriter of the last 30 years you know his catalog is untouchable yeah so many incredible songs you know just like the best without a doubt you know so so tommy knows he's in a whole different league than all the third tier power pop bands that cower at power pop pops beetle boots hoping for a gig he doesn't give one rip about power pop 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 and and rightfully so so Tommy takes one look around the dump that is Buzzy's and, and goes, oh, like, I can never play here again? Works for me. And then he does that thing where where you put your, your finger on a guy's chest and you, like, you give him a little push and the guy falls backwards. Uh-huh. It's like magic somehow. It always works. And it, and it, it worked on Power Pop Pop Pop. It was awesome. And so, again, you know, Power Pop 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 furious. But he knows he can't punish Tommy because... He has no power over Tommy, so he takes all his rage out on me. Really? Yes. What, what did he? What did he do? Well, so Power Pop 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 follows me back into the back alley as I'm loading my my amp into my Astro van. Yeah. And he pulls out the popper, and I don't even see it coming, and he just starts popping me with it. Oh my god! <laughs> Those garbage rocks—they stung like an MF. I'll tell you, man. You've You've never felt anything like this. It's like I could liken it only to getting repeatedly bitten in the haunches by a small mud shark. Oh, my God. That sounds terrible. So painful. I'm starting to lose blood at this point, and I'm starting to slip into unconsciousness. Uh When all of a sudden Tommy Kane appears out of nowhere, and he cracks Power Pop 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 across the back of his head with his Telecaster. Oh, my God. And this this epic struggle ensues that I'll tell you it's straight out of Die Hard. Well, one of the Die Hards. I don't think I've seen all of them, so I couldn't actually say which one. Uh huh. So, and at one point, Power Pop 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 has Tommy hanging by one finger from a ledge five stories up. I have no idea how they got up there. 
Yeah. That's that insane. That's insane. This is like a yeah, like it's straight out of a action movie. I can't believe it on scene and and so then Tommy pulls a spare capo out of his jeans, his uh-huh. back pocket, yeah. and he pinches Power Pop Pop Pop's nose shut with it. So he can't breathe out of his nose. And then Tommy pulls another capo out of his other pocket and he pinches Power Pop Pop Pop's mouth shut with that one. So he couldn't breathe at all then. At all, yes. Wow. So he's inca- incapacitated. Tommy pulls himself up and starts wailing on Power Pop 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 with his own popper. Whoa. Power Pop Justice. And with every haunch thwack, Tommy starts naming all of Power Pop Pop Pop's old, failed, unremarkable Power Pop bands. So it's like, this one's for the hurt, thwack. This one's for the need, thwack. This one's for the yes, thwack. This one's for the no, thwack. This is for the maybe, thwack, thwack. It was the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. Oh, my God. And then, and then Tommy pulls off Power Pop Pop Pop's beetle wig. Oh, my God. No one knew he wore a wig until that moment. And the, the, the piece de resistance? Yeah. Tommy Force fed Power Pop 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 his own beetle wig. Oh, my God. That is truly, that's truly amazing. And then Tommy shoved Power Pop 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 off the fifth story ledge. What? Oh, that, I mean, that, a fifth story ledge, that would, that would kill anyone, buddy. Oh, don't worry, he was fine. See, back then, uh, Buzzies was right next to the Newbridge Mattress Works. Uh-huh. And so there were all these, these piles of old defective mattresses in, in the alley. And when Power Pop 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 fell, he landed on them. And I'll tell you, it was just like in a cartoon. He bounced all the way back up to the fifth floor where Tommy was standing there. And Tommy did one of those three Stooges face slaps. Uh-huh. And, he, and the force of the slapping was such that it kept Power Pop 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 in midair. Yeah. Incredible. He was a magician with a guitar and also with, with, with the slaps. Wow. You know, he, he gave us such great music and he also force fed, uh, Power Pop 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 his own, his own wig. Alex Chilton can't say that. No. No, he can't. Um, yeah. Hey, hey, Milt. Um, yeah. you had said you had, uh, you wrote yourself a check for, what was it again? Music services rendered? That's true. Yes. Yes. And how much was that check for, if you don't mind? Five hundred million. What, what's that? Five hundred million dollars. Five hundred million. Five hundred. You know that nobody, pretty much nobody, has made five hundred million dollars from music services rendered, and they're definitely not pulling that down in two thousand seventeen. But I will. Okay. Well, Milt, when, when's the last time you uh, played guitar? Um, uh, 2007? Why? Okay, so that's like 10 years ago? Yeah. And when, when is this check dated? Six weeks from now? Why? Uh-huh. So, Milt, what, uh, what percentage would you say your chances are of you making that check for $500 million mm-hmm. into a reality? A hundred percent, no doubt. A hundred percent, really? Yeah. Okay. 
Well, well you... I'm a 98. Okay. I mean, it's got to be maybe like 91, right? Percentage? I think so, yeah. Okay, I don't know, 80, 87. Uh-huh. Definitely 87. Well, I, well, I don't know, 82 or 74% maybe. Uh-huh. Six, 60. Let me think about 62. Well, six weeks. I don't know, uh, 50. Yeah, 58. Definitely. No, well, maybe 50. Like half. Well, no, no, no. I don't know. Maybe like 47% of, 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 I don't know, 42. Let's say, let's say 38. A hard 38, but now, no, maybe, maybe 36 or, definitely 29. Definitely 29, but if not that, I would say like, I don't know, 24 and a half, well, uh, maybe 20, 20, 17% probably, um, um, 14, 14%, somewhere in there, and if not that, I don't know, like, like 11% probably. Uh, I'm, I'm stopping you at 11, Mills. You've gone... From 100 to 11. You know, way to spoil a guy's dream. Thanks a lot. Well. Comedy aside, uh, Tommy Keen passed away last week, and uh, he was a friend of of, of the shows, and uh, you know, he was some of his his favorite call was uh, Power Pop 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 back from uh, 2007. He loved it, and uh, so we were paying tribute to Tommy Keen in a way that he would appreciate and we should uh let's play something by tommy keen now and then we will be back this is a song called compromise and we'll be back in a little bit rest in peace tommy keen 
Oh, it's the best show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. We are here for another hour and 20 minutes, I guess, here on a Tuesday night in late November 2017. We just heard Compromise by the late, great Tommy Keene, who passed away last week and will be missed and... Again, a friend of the show and a friend of, yeah, friend to a lot of people. John played with him and, uh, yeah, he will definitely be missed. And so, yeah, that's, it's hard. It really is hard and you don't, and nobody knows. I mean, I'm not saying anything anybody doesn't know. That's why you gotta say what you gotta say. You say it. In life, say it. Like right now. Mike, I love you, Mike. You're a great guy. You've made my, what's that? He said thank you. He didn't say anything back. Guess he's not ready to say it. Said thank you. Oh boy. Thank you. Oh, Mike's like, are we gonna get wings? Are we gonna get wings tonight? Get wings. I said, get wings. You want to get wings? Get wings. It's like Aerosmith. Get your wings. I said to Mike. I said Mike. Every Tuesday night, it's Aerosmith up in here. Get your wings. Now he just said he loves me. That's nice. He got there. He just got there. That's great. I'll take it. Best show. Hi. Hey, Tom. This is Aaron from Cleveland. Who is this? Sorry. Hello? Oh, I'm sorry. Hang on. I'm trying to figure out how to turn off the live stream in my headphones. No worry. Oh, all right. Hi. This is Aaron from Cleveland. Hey, how are you? Sorry. I'm good. Sorry, I don't have internet, so I have to listen to the live stream on my phone while I'm on hold. And don't worry. It all a, works out. It's, it's all a wild works. nightmare. You're here. <laughs> I'm here. It's all that matters. So what's going on tonight? Not much. Um, how have you been? I'm all right. No news is good news. Yeah, True. <laughs> right? Isn't that how it is sometimes? Yeah, definitely. You just take it. No news is good news. Yes. Because somebody said to me, how was Thanksgiving? Was it good? And then I said, well, I'm going to say yes, it was good. Because I know what bad ones are like. And that was not mm -hmm. a bad one. So it was a good one. Well, that's good. I'm glad you had a good one. Yes. How about you? It was all right. It was like uh, it was it was a whole thing, but I made it out relatively in like like intact and like didn't end up suffering too much around you know family that doesn't really care to acknowledge who I am as a person and stuff like that. But, you know, 
uh, I got to make pretty much all the food, so that was cool. That's great. Yeah. You know, it's nice. Um, and, like, they put up with the fact that I'm vegan. Like, they make their own turkey and stuff, and then they just let me do all the side dishes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was, like, a private chef for a while, so they don't seem to really mind, like, my cooking. Yeah. So suddenly they're uh, accepting, and it comes yeah, to suddenly. Uh, kitchen stuff. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. The, you're you. You do your thing. If they're not, if they're not with you, you can't. You, they they get there in their own due time, or they don't. But you just keep doing what you're doing. Thanks. You can't. I appreciate uh, that a lot. You can't wait for everybody to catch up. I'm going to tell them that Tom Sharpling told me to dead you guys. Exactly. <laughs> and you say, um, you say, yeah, you like the the uh, the what? What did you make? What's your what's your specialty side? I did I did a sweet potato pie this year that was really good. You say, oh, you had no problem with the sweet potato pie, huh? You say, I am that sweet potato pie. Very true. <laughs> and then um, you make one for each of them and you smash it right in their faces that would be amazing <laughs> wouldn't that be amazing even though you wouldn't do it just to just go to the to, to the low to like the to play it low for once and just be like you know what here's some pie for you smash yeah, if I end up not talking to them, I'll just tell them that they can, if they really want to get a hold of me, they can, like, just try and find me in the hashtag for the best show tweets every Tuesday night, and they can tweet at me along with the, uh, the alt-right idiot and that seems to follow your show and post gross things in your hashtag. If there's, look, if there's somebody out there, just, like, I'm not, look, I'm not on this anymore. <laughs> I know. It's the best thing yeah, I you ever made the, did. you made the right choice. It's the best thing I ever did. Join me. Join me. I know. Leave I it I behind. Leave it behind. I, wish, I know. I wish. I'm I'm part of the generation that I just can't not be extremely online. But sure you can. I'm also... You can do it. <laughs> you can do it. I believe in you. You can be extremely not online. <laughs> I have friends who are like... Very deep, they're like old crime think people and they like absolutely do not follow the internet. And it's the wildest thing having to explain like memes to them. It's, it's really strange. What if you tried one day a week to just leave the devices alone? Just see what it's like. Have you, when's the last time you went out and consciously chose to not bring the phone with you? I, my phone died while I was out record shopping with some friends this week. Mm-hmm. It was it was pretty amazing. Um, it was nice. I, I dedicated myself totally to being in the moment and not looking up things on Discogs mm-hmm. and yeah, refreshing Twitter every now and then while waiting for the listening station. It was it was something good. It's the kind of thing that you can. Find your balance with it. And I don't want the whole... Look, I'm not trying to turn this... I don't do social media stuff into... Like, it's not meant to be a... Well, I don't actually own a TV. 
when people would say that when they'd be like, oh, I don't know what's on TV. I don't own a TV. I, it's like, it feels like the new version of that is to say you don't, you quit social media. So maybe I'm guilty of that. But I'm trying to just say, you can do it. You can even just do it by degrees. Find, try, yeah. try some different things out. If you're truly clawing at the, the walls, then you, then you dip your toe back in, you find, you find a, a balance with it. But if you, if you say things like, I'm fully in it and can't get out of it, then you won't. You never will. That's true. I think you're allowed to just try, try a different, try, try a different thing. You made it through the record store and you didn't have your phone to keep distracting you because you go to Discogs and you're looking at stuff. Next thing you're not looking at Discogs, you're looking at something that has nothing to do with being in a record store while you're on your phone. If you were in that record store and you're just looking at Discogs, it'd be like, okay, that makes sense. It's it's enhancing your shopping experience. But we It was pretty enhanced. I was in deep crate diving mode. It was good. Yeah, it was just you and the records then. And then you could actually let something maybe speak to you an actual a record you don't know anything about before you you run to discogs to see what the deal is with it that's true yeah yeah it was nice i got pretty lucky um i don't know i bought a bunch of basic channel like pressings from uh like this collection that someone bought at a record store so it was really good i bought a george harrison record for a girl that i'm seeing and it was nice um I got living in the material world, though. I don't know if that's a particularly, like... She said her favorite Beatles, George Harrison, but I don't know if that one's too, like, soaked in, like... That's a good one. Like, Raga influence, like, you know, like, Hare Krishna consciousness sort of hey, stuff. Look, you're, if you're going to George Harrison records looking for ones that don't have have uh, those those on them then you're you're gonna have to i don't know where you're gonna look yeah that's that's a hard place to look look living in the material world's a great album it's got nice beautiful songs on it it is it's really jammy his biggest hit his biggest single hit was on that give me love give me love give me that is true yeah peace on earth right mike you like that song Mike likes it. Yeah, so you just you had a good time. That's a good it's a good record. Nothing beats All Things Must Pass, but that's a good record. Yeah, for sure. I think she already has All Things Must Pass anyway. So. Wow. Um but yeah, I don't um I guess I guess I have one for the topic. It, it was right. kind of a hard thing to whittle down. Yeah. Um so sue me. I like it. Because everybody's got these things. And this is the other thing. You're allowed to find what you like and what you want to like and enjoy it. And if if it doesn't fit somebody else's picture, what are you going to do? Right? You like it. Yeah. Well, you got to try to sure. you got to try to do a thing to to, to please uh, some some writer a, a vulture. You're going to try to please, or you're going to like what you like. Definitely. I mean. I don't know. It's weird. I, it's not like I think I have like particularly like great taste and stuff. I mean, it, it's just that I don't really particularly feel guilty for anything I like. 
Like, I don't have, like, I don't believe in guilty pleasures, Ooh, particularly you, for myself. You, you shouldn't. No. No, I don't believe in guilty pleasures, and I don't believe that there's, like, a high and low art. So. I, I don't think there is either. I think there is... People just make things, and, and labels get stuck on things, to where suddenly... Mm -hmm. Think about, for example, ABBA... And everybody stuck all these labels on them, but they were this—they were this band. There was only they—they they were. It's like one of the all-time greatest collections of of songwriters and the the singers and the songs lined up perfectly, and they 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 it was a worldwide thing for a for a reason in the best possible way that something can succeed worldwide. Is what they did. That's true. They literally tapped into something that spoke to all humans. And, Definitely. But it's like, but there were labels put on that stuff. Yeah, it's not that was not rock back then. But then you go listen to a song. You listen to the songs. There's rock. There's plenty of rock songs on those ABBA records. But not according to like people who who told you that it wasn't rock. You gotta, people just gotta remember who's telling them what about what. Sometimes you gotta question who's doing the, doing, who's making the pronouncements. For sure. Yeah, like, I don't know. It's honestly hard. To, it's pretty hard to think of this topic and stuff too, like, because there is that idea that, like, no one should feel guilty about liking anything because, like, people should just like what they like and, you know, that's good. Um, I don't know. Like, I mean, I thought recently about it. Like, I, I realized, like, I, you know, I really love, like, disco and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Like, absolutely love disco. But, like, what, like, what's the predominant force and stuff that, like, is telling people to not like disco? It's just completely, like, garbage, like, 70s, like, Chicago, like, jerk-off rock critic guys. Yeah, so or, like, it's, like exactly. shock jocks and stuff. Yeah. and... It makes you, but you think about it, you're like, did, did they even care? Did Steve Dahl even care? Or was it just a way to make a, was it just the equivalent of, of writing like a shocking article or, or, or running like a, a, a crummy, uh, uh, Twitter feed that, that draws attention or, or just being, just trolling people or whatever? It's like, was Steve Dahl just trolling people back then in the 70s by making disco a thing? He could have avoided it if he didn't want to hear it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, I, yeah. it's there. There's people have written endlessly at this point in 2017 about, like, the uh, sociopolitical roots of, like, disco and the backlash against it and, like, what it reflected in populations and stuff like that. But I don't know. Disco is really pure good music it informs a lot of like what i care about still now um the only thing i think i'm maybe guilty of actually liking that i know is trash is you ever had those like jj brand fruit pies those little like uh -huh. turnover fried pockets full of like sure. just pure insulin like yeah yeah those are actually really good yeah. and they're vegan and they're trash like yeah. It's that special brand where it's just like, hey, this is vegan. It's like, no, it's just garbage that happens to not have any animal product in it. Exactly. When it was made. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah. 
it's like how people say, like, oh, hey, man, it's natural. How could anything that natural be dangerous, man? Yeah. Or when you see somebody that's like, I'm vegan, and they're like, what are you eating? It's like, oh, this is a vegan Reuben and fries. And th- and then these, it's these uh, cauliflower things deep fried. It's like, it's like, yes, technically those things don't have meat in them. But they're just as bad for you. Just because you can deep fry it doesn't mean it's healthy. Just because you're deep frying non-meat. Have you seen um, that that brand uh, Magic Vegan Bacon Grease from Canada, from Toronto? No. It's um. Oh, I don't know. Do you know the band Curse that Chris Callahan was in from up up there? They used to play with F'd Up a lot, and like. Huh, I think I, they I might don't. share some members occasionally, but all those bands have had so many members and stuff. But Chris from Cursed created this product that's like coconut oil with PVP bacon bits and like smoke flavoring and maple flavoring and like nutritional yeast in it. And uh-huh. it's essentially like, you know how people keep like congealed bacon grease in like a jar on the stove and they'll like fry greens in it for like soul food yes. and stuff? Yes. Well, he basically made a vegan version of bacon grease, and he sells it. And I personally have used it and cooked with it, and it's honestly very good. Um, but it's exactly like I don't know. I learned I learned how to cook vegan food from the Hare Krishnas and stuff. So it's like literally the diametric opposite of what I'm probably like what I probably should have internalized about vegan food, but like. I don't know, vegan mac and cheese with collard greens, that stuff literally, like, just raises the bar so high. It's it's really a nice flourish if you can get it. But you know, look, you know what the the right way to do it is. So you you you, you have some trash once in a while. You know the oh, line. Yeah. You don't live on the trash. And then you, it makes you appreciate the good stuff. And then once in a while, that trash whispers to you. The trash speaks to you. Isn't that the worst when suddenly it's like, hey, sure haven't had one of those uh, pies in a while, huh? Yeah. And then you're like, yeah, I haven't. It's like, might be time, right? And you're like, yeah, yes, it is. I think you're right. It is time. I have, what, what are they, JJ's pies? JJ's. I think, I don't know if that's a regional thing. They have it as Schwebel's bread with the little clown on it. Oh, I, I don't know if that, that's a regional that's a re- thing. Schwebel's? Yeah. Yeah, that's a regional thing. But don't worry. Every region has an equivalent version of it. So we have... Is the Utz girl more regional? How far does... Because I know we have Utz in Ohio. I know that's like an East Coast brand, though, isn't it? Yes, Utz is, is, to me, is Pennsylvania and into New Jersey. There's... Okay. uh, I was saying, like, like, the Tasty Cake Pies... You know? Yeah, they're very close to the tasty cake pies. Yeah. 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 Garbage. Just straight I up. I think my transition goal is the Utz girl. I'm not sure, though. Look. <laughs> 2018. Got to set your goals now. Utz girl. The that's, Utz the, girl. that's the goal. So that's your transition goal is the Utz girl. <laughs> yes. What, they don't sell the crab chips out here. Do they, do they sell those in New Jersey? You can find that stuff. You can find them at the occasional Wawa because Wawa is so prevalent in like down the in East Maryland Coast. and Baltimore yeah. and all that. So I think they they kind of 
they they stock them at a bunch of different Wawa's. But if you go into Maryland, oh my goodness, those things! It is that Bay seasoning. We talked about it last week on the show. Yeah, Old Bay. That Old Bay, everything's got that stuff on it. It's like and that stuff's like anthrax. It is. It's just celery, salt, and paprika too. It's. But it's very. Strange. I mean, so, someone from Maryland is going to call in about that yes, statement. I don't, Although, I don't I'm sorry, taken to task for putting down they, Old Bay. They can meet me in the hashtags. They can. We can settle this in the octagon. Yes, that's the new octagon. The hash. That is. Well, I'm going to say good night, and I'm glad you had an okay Thanksgiving. Sometimes okay. you take the okay ones, and you. You didn't go backwards. Maybe you didn't go forward, but you didn't go backward either. You take it, and then don't worry. A couple more holidays still coming up. For sure. Yeah. It's a whole lot of suffering going on. Yeah. Oh, one one question I want to ask, because I know your phones are all lit up and stuff. Um, I You mentioned... Um, on on the uh, call with Milt and stuff, somebody brought up uh, the holiday themed serial or the, the not the holiday themed the um, mafia themed serial killer movie or something like that. Yeah, and it made me think of Cleaver from The Sopranos. That's right. That was Christopher's movie. Yeah, oh, God. Was, yeah, but how often does the song that Christopher was trying to um, get that band that he was managing to record Hollis uh, and does uh, either their new metal song or the really uh, terrible, like, uh, like sensitive Jane's addiction rock uh, song that they were writing where they go like, no, like in the middle of that uh, song. I forgot. How often does that get stuck in your head? It does not. Now you've put it back. I had it. It was not in my head. Now it will be back in my, now I'm going to go seek it out to put it back in my head. Oh my goodness, I forgot all about that. Most days I feel like Anthony Jr. is uh, all her poster on his wall, I think. <laughs> um, well, thank you for doing this topic on a month where men can't call in, um, because I super appreciate how many uh, pedantic contrarian men are probably just dying at home, not being able to share their thoughts on you know, letting you know I'm not something gonna, that it. <laughs> I'm not putting them down. Neither they're here too, and they're if everybody's being cool, that's yeah. all I want here. I want everybody who enters through these doors to be cool, and I want this month to afford people who maybe don't feel like they can call and get into the flow of the show or can't get through or whatever it is that it's just we just open we just. Uh, cast a, a wide net and kind of make it people can get through who might not normally want to call or can call. So well, if we're all in well, here. This is and my we're favorite all cool, month of the year. Well, so thank you. It's my pleasure. All right. Well, have a great night. Hey, you too. Thanks. Thanks. Bye-bye. Yeah, it's for everybody. Look, there's no dude for me. I think I wish I could throw Mike out of here for a month. Best show, hi. Hello. Hello, hi. To whom am I speaking? Hi. Oh, I know who this is. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm well, how are you? This is, you can say it. 
in Roxy in Los Angeles. Roxy in Los Angeles. Long time no talk. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Yeah? Yeah. I'll say yeah, I miss am. Miss Yeah, I miss you too. It's been a while. Just like that song. Remember that song? It's been a while. Who did that song? <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. I remember. Who does that song? You know what song drives me nuts that I can't... I hear it all over the place and I can't stand it. That one is like, Do you believe we can win this fight tonight? Who is that? Oh, I don't know. It's like... It's like when I did that song, Come On Y'all, it's, it's Time to Have Fun. Like... That song. Thank you. It's... <laughs> It was, people do that now for real, though, where they just write songs that are just like, they just know it's like, yeah, this is an anthem. This will get used yeah. in commercials for for soccer. Do you believe yeah. we could win this fight tonight? Do you know that <laughs> song, Mike? Sorry, I guess so. You'd know it if I was like, Sugar make no, you're gonna move on down. Got my old flip flops, gonna head on down to the train yard with my flip flops. Right, Mike? <laughs> I don't know. It's all over the place. How are you, Roxy? I'm doing well. I friend of uh, mine and my boyfriend's used to work at a Grateful Dead themed restaurant in the hate. <laughs> Grateful Dead themed restaurant? Yeah. Oh. Or at least it was oh crap. I don't remember the name of it but we went there for brunch. Can you imagine eating food, Grateful Dead inspired food? <laughs> I did. Oh. I had Eggs Benedict and they were very good. <laughs> well I'm sure the people there know what they're doing but they, they have to pull from the the songs, like, what do they have, like, terror, they have sort of, sort of turtle, terrapin station? <laughs> so how was Thanksgiving? Oh, it was great. I went to meet my boyfriend's family in the Midwest. Mmm. Yeah. <laughs> Your boyfriend. And how's he my doing? My boyfriend. He's great. Yeah, I think you like this guy, right? Yeah, I do. It's fine. <laughs> he's a good guy. He's, good. he's a good one. Good. And you know... He's a winner. And again, look, you take it at whatever pace you take it, but you understand <laughs> if you look at the fine print, back when <laughs> I paid for that that movie-going date, <laughs> I get say over what goes on to the wedding cake for five relationships after that relationship for both parties for you and Keith or whatever that guy's name was whatever his like, name was like I get I get to put some, I get to figure out what topping goes on the on the wedding cake yes a thousand times yes Okay. All right. So you went to the Midwest. Went to the Midwest. Went, went to Indiana, Fort Wayne, Indiana. Met my boyfriend's family, and it was really nice. Great. See? Yeah. 
I wasn't with my family, so it was great. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Keep you away from those horrible people. Anything, anything to spare you from having to see your own family. I usually spend Thanksgiving alone since I moved out to LA, so this was a nice change. So what do you, what do you spend it staring at the, staring out the window at the? No, I watch my favorite guilty pleasure hashtag, so sue me, I like it. What's that? The Real Housewives of whatever. You so you like the Real Housewives? Oh my God! Yes. <laughs> Which is your favorite uh, of the franchise? Well, I'm currently binge watching old seasons of Beverly Hills. I'm really loving it. <laughs> okay. And um, obviously, I love Real Housewives of New York. Also great. But yeah, those are probably my two favorites. And New Jersey is absolutely ridiculous, and one of my favorites as well. Good. See, you understand yeah. the New Jersey mm-hmm. one is more your, oh, I your, love it. your roots. <laughs> you as being. Wait, what? It's more of your roots. Your roots. Because you are <laughs> from roots. New York. Yeah. So you see yourself in there a little bit. Your Long Island roots, right? Long Island? Yeah. Yeah, Long Island. <laughs> yes. My favorite yeah. <laughs> show, if I was to do something for this So Sue Me, I like it. Look, of course, Friends. I watch Friends every day now. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. I was just thinking of watching it because I haven't watched it since it first aired. Yeah, well, you should. It's the best. I should? Okay. Yeah. I watched Crisley Knows Best over Thanksgiving. That's what I was... Of you. That's my other favorite <laughs> show is Crisley Knows I Best. Know. I can't stop watching that. His nanny went on a date. She went on two dates, and he was, like, supervising her. It was so weird. With his mom, Nanny Faye. Yeah. Who's your favorite on that show? And, of course, you can't pick Todd, because he's everyone's favorite. But who do you like next? I picture you. You seem like you might gravitate more toward Grayson, the the youngest member of the family. Roxy. I like um, the douchebag son that got the tattoo. I just think he's so terrible. When I like he got the so Bible much. verse tattooed on his chase? <laughs> yeah, and then and then he got it removed, and they're like, we'll buy you like a Range Rover yeah, if you yeah. get it removed. <laughs> on the show, on the show. First of all, just to give some context on the show. It's called Chrisley Knows Best, and it's about this guy Todd Chrisley. Who is the father? He has like five kids, I think. And do you, can I ask you a question quickly? I think I know what question <laughs> you're probably going to ask. But never you, go ahead. No, ask the question. Oh, do you think he's a closeted homosexual? Because I definitely do think he is. I think he has a deal with his wife. I honestly, after watching so many episodes of the show and talking to people who know the production of it, I yeah. have no idea what what Todd <laughs> is up to or what he's into. I have no idea. I have no idea. He said I'm baffled he, by him. I just like he's a giant question mark, and I, I I am just full at this point. I'm just like Todd. I'm a hundred percent on board with you. 
<laughs> Whatever is making your uh, making your world turn, Todd. More power to you. Whatever it is, it's adding up to my favorite television show. So bad, <laughs> so bad. Chase, you know, look. Chase has kind of like a young Walton Goggins thing going He's on, so right? Gross. <laughs> All his kids, like all, his older daughters, they're, they're just so gross. Well, which older daughter? There's, there's. I, I don't know. There's Savannah. There's <laughs> two men. There's Savannah. I love who, Nanny. What's that? I said I just love Danny. Danny. She, Nana, Nanny. whatever. Oh, the Nanny grandmother. Faye. Nanny Faye. Okay. <laughs> I love I this show know. so I much. Thought, like, it's the stagiest show I've ever seen in my life. Where, yeah. what planet are people regularly having neighborhood competitions with, <laughs> with, with, uh, three-legged races and egg balancing contests? Like, like only on TV, on, on TV, on, on the, on these shows, shows like this. People live in a world where there are so many events that, like, so many competitions where it's just like, there's a cook-off or a bake-off, and then it's like, who's mm-hmm. going to win the ba- Like, what? When I was a kid, what competitions were always going on when I was like, I don't remember. There was a, the Cub Scouts had the Pinewood Derby. Yeah, it's field day. In like middle school, day. I was sickly. I didn't have field day. I would watch from my. Uh, I'd watch from uh, the back seat of the car. <laughs> I didn't go outside for field day. No. Oh my. <laughs> what? What, what? What was I supposed to do on field day? I was supposed to do a leapfrog. Right? Three-legged race. Three-legged race. What? I never did a three-legged race in my life. Any of that corny stuff? Really? If I was ever at a, any kind of event where any stuff were that where like that was going on, you know where you could count on me being not where that stuff was going on. I would find ways out of that stuff like nobody's business. We're going to three-legged race on town in January. <laughs> Oh, sure. Well, let me know how that goes in the 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 depths of winter. You want to have a three-legged race. <laughs> what, Roxy knows best? Your reality oh, winter. show? Winter. <laughs> Look, I'll say this. Any any of these things my whole life, I was I I've lived a vague vague vaguely embarrassed existence. <laughs> I didn't want to be a part of any of that stuff. I always felt weirdly embarrassed. I was I was a kid walking around with a book the whole time, right? You ever see a yeah. kid in a restaurant holding a book? That was me. Oh, okay. Sorry. So now you see these kids. See, this is the thing now. Get these kids. If the books are on 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 i i i iPads, I can't tell who's who's a kid like a junior version of me. And who's some dunce who's looking to just play games? <laughs> they all have the same presentation now. Right? I mean, as a nanny, I can tell you that most of those kids are playing games. So, yeah, But they're still the, 
the kids with the books, and now you can't spot them. Once in a while. They're walking on the weird Kindle. <laughs> I tell you, I had it all figured out when I was a kid. I didn't want nobody noticing nothing. Nothing. You know what I did? There was this thing we we would do this one fam. There was this one stretch of the family uh, where at uh, at uh, Christmas we would do like a, a secret Santa. Like it's that way. It's like not everybody has to buy everybody a present. So you write your name on a piece of paper and then you yeah you put it in the, the the hat, right? You fold up. You put it in the hat, and then uh, then you pull a name out, right? You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. And that's who you buy gifts yeah. for. Mm-hmm. So this is what I started doing, Roxy. And I did this for so many years. Because nothing makes me, nothing makes my skin crawl more than having to get a present and be like, oh, whoa. <laughs> I have to do that dance and fake it like, I, yeah. like I'm getting this present. And it's it's half right or close or not close at all, and I'm still doing, oh, thank you. So you know what I would start to do? This is what I did. And I did it, I literally, I did this for probably eight years in a row. I'd write my name down, palm it in my thumb, the fold, I'd fold the piece of paper up, palm it in my thumb, press my thumb to my palm with the piece of paper, with the folded thing in it, Make like I was dropping it into the thing. Then I'd be like, oh, now my turn to pull name out. Pull my own name out. <laughs> I just buy myself something. <laughs> I did that for years. You're a smart boy. Because I didn't want to have to go, oh, wow. Oh, this is not anything I want. It's a waste of your time. My time, your money. No. I throw throw my own thing in, palm it, pull it out. Oh, look whose name I drew. Tom. Yeah, let me go buy Tom something now for Christmas. I guess I'll get him this record. Nice book. Yeah, I'll get him a nice book and a record. There you go. (laughs) Picked it out. I I think he might like this. And then in the chaos of, of... of the holiday, nobody's tracking who opened whose presents. Nobody. Then one time my mother found out I was doing it. She's like, wait, what are you doing? <laughs> horrified. That's dead. Yeah. But you know what? And it didn't stop me. What? It didn't stop me. <laughs> Good for you. Yes. So, Roxy, January, you'll yeah. be back stomping around New York City, yeah. back in the veritable New York groove. I'll be back. Yeah, I'm My doing a, a teacher training for yoga, a, a yoga thing. So, uh, yeah. What would you think about this? AP Mike teaching AP Mike yoga while we're. Oh, I'd love to. Mike? Would you be up for that? Mike said yes. He would be up for that. He'd be up well, for yoga. Do it. Bring a yoga mat. I'll right. come by the studio. All right. Hopefully we... Everybody. I see, I'm all looking, of you. All of you. I got a show to do. 
Look, I'm pro yoga, but I got a show to do. What am I going to do? Groan <laughs> doing yoga moves, or I'm going to do the best show? All right. Another time. Another time, yes. <laughs> All right, Roxy. Look, I hope I see you when you come out here. I look forward to Thanks. it. Thanks. Would you mind if I plugged a little something quickly? <laughs> of course. You-, you can. You plug whatever you want. What do you want to plug? Is that okay? Of course. My, uh, my, <laughs> my friends do this great thing called Highland Park TV, and uh, we're doing a 24-hour telethon this Saturday. Starting at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Well, uh, you can watch it through Facebook. You can look it up on Highland Park TV. Uh, on YouTube, we'll be on Twitch. Uh, you can find all the links there. We'll have, uh, the Paranoids playing and the Sloppy Boys Jangly Band, which is like some of the guys from the Birthday Boys and, uh, Heaven Pegasus. We got a bunch of comedy stuff. It'll be fun. It's like fake public access. Okay. And that's, Check it out. What is it called again? <laughs> Highland Park TV. Highland Park TV. Yeah. It's just like fun, weird, fake cable access stuff with bands and comedy and sketches and et cetera. I'm teaching yoga at Sunrise. All right. So, but yeah, we'll be on for 24 hours. Check it out. That's it. Uh, Roxy. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks of for course. having me. Miss right. you. You have a great night. You do too. Happy No Dude Vember. Yes. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Best show. Hi. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the best show. Wait, is this Tom? It is. Um, it's too early. Um, this is this is Morgan from Cleveland. Morgan from Cleveland. Yeah. A lot of calls from Cleveland tonight. No, do you remember? Do I remember Morgan? I was, no, <laughs> I was one with the roommate. You were what? The one with the roommate that was terrified because she thought That's you were right. breaking into the yes. house. Where it was just like, let me in. The, <laughs> what was it yeah, again? Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> I'm actually not in Cleveland though right now. I'm actually calling from New York. From New York. Now, what brought you to New York, Morgan? Um, well, my friend had an extra ticket to the whole study show that's coming up tomorrow, so I'm going to do that. And when is that? Uh, it's tomorrow. This is what I, this is what I am going to say you could do with that show. You see, you hold steady, you rock out, right? Right. Then you go up to, uh, Craig. Oh, God. No. Yeah, you say, you know what? I'm, you say I'm friends with Tom. Oh, wait, what? How do I, how do I even get up to crack? They're gonna block what, me. What do you, what do you, what do you think? He's playing Fort Knox? I don't know. Is it, is it a giant space? Where is, is it? The, the Brooklyn Bowl? Yeah, you, you look for him. Look, after the show's I'm over, really you sure. just, I'm just, not sure. You just look off to the edges of the thing. These guys got to come out and grab their equipment at some point. Okay. So if I flag them down if and I seen... say, I know Tom, then what? Did you say, yeah, then he'll say, oh, Tom's all right. Yeah. And that's oh, about okay. it. Then you say, will you sign my forehead? Right? Okay. Then, then he'll sign your forehead. All right. And then he'll sign my forehead. 
And then you'll go to a tattoo uh, parlor and get the signed thing turned into a a permanent tattoo for the rest of your life. All right. Sounds good. I think we've established the plan. Is that the plan? This is the plan. Okay. It it ends with you. No, I really will. Like, I will get it tattooed if it's not on the forehead. Don't go get a tattoo of any signature. I've gotten more worse things tattooed like a, I, I have like a John Waters signature that he actually signed yeah when he came to the Cleveland Cinematheque oh that's cool he, yeah <laughs> I guess so what's your what's your what's the tattoo you you see sometimes Morgan and you go eh maybe I could have maybe I would have thought uh, uh, twice about that one <laughs> Oh, like, oh, on myself or on other people? Uh, how about for yourself? Oh, I mean, eh, I don't really, I don't really have, like, a lot of dumb ones. I mean, I have a, I got a tattoo of, like, a palm tree, and then underneath it, I put hashtag vacation. Well, that's, that's probably nice. the worst, but. That doesn't sound bad, though. Yeah, it's not bad. I don't have no. bad, I don't, I don't, I, I don't try, I don't. Get bad tattoos. What's Mar- is his name? It's Mark <laughs> Jacobs, right? Mark Jacobs, the designer. Yeah. Where he was like, he started getting super ripped, and then started getting all these tattoos. Right? Is that that's Mark Jacobs? Yeah, yeah. And then uh, he got this tattoo of the two the two M M&M and M guys, right? The two characters from the M M&M and M commercials. No. no Who's he in didn't. the back? What, he- what do you got? A studio audience there? No. no. Yeah, wait, no. <laughs> yeah, no, it's my the, my friend that I'm crashing with in New York. <laughs> I'm typing in Mark Jacobs. Okay, yeah, I don't think he has an M&M tattoo. Mark Jacobs, M&M tattoo. Are you thinking of Rick Owens? Oh, oh, I am looking at a picture of Mark Jacobs with the red M&M oh, okay. guy on his arm, uh, right on his, uh, right on his, uh, bicep, I think. Oh, well, yeah, I, I would say that's a bad tattoo. Yeah, I mean, you, not bad. Yeah, but you it's know just, what he said about it? And it makes perfect what? sense. Cause I had, I was always just like, oh, you gotta watch a crazy tattoo. Cause look, I don't have any tattoos. Legally, I'm not allowed to get tattoos. Wait, what? What's that? Wait, legally, you're not allowed to get legally, a tattoo. Legally, I cannot get a tattoo. Yes, I can't go into that. But okay, okay. Um, so they were asking them about the tattoos, like, right? And they're like, and they're like, uh, what if you uh, regret this tattoo, right? About the M M&M and M guys. And his answer, uh-huh. his answer was perfect. He's like, okay, well, I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. Right now, I don't. If I regret it later in life, then I'll figure that out. Right now, I love it. Yeah, you can either get it covered up or laser removed. Yeah, he's like, I wanted it. I got the M&M guy on my arm. Yeah. It's like, what, am I not not supposed to get it because there's the chance I might regret it 20 years from now? No. That's why I think tattoos are great because, I mean, at some point in your life, that's what you wanted. If If only this judge would just lift the ban... And I could get a tattoo. See, I don't know. Oh, okay, I don't know if that's okay. Is that a thing? 
they shut me down. You should have. <laughs> is it a thing? I was in. I took. The, I was in court. It went all the way to the Supreme Court. I don't know if this is. <laughs> I don't know if this is. Okay. Look, well, I'm, okay. I'm making this part up. Okay, I figured. I, I, I was don't like, I don't know. I don't want to touch like a sensitive okay. subject. Don't worry. No, no, no. Don't worry. I'm trying to be funny. <laughs> no, this is great. But, so, um, it's always what people say. No, nah, this is great. No, no, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm trying to be funny. No, nah, this is great. No. <laughs> no, nah, it sounds like you're having a blast over there. I am. No, because I called because, I mean, last time you granted me with three minutes of. That's right. Right. And I, I took the Greyhound into New York, and so I figured. It'd be perfect because I feel like the Greyhound is like a cesspool of unfortunate events. And I've yes. taken it enough that I have I have a lot of Greyhound stories. Morgan, I said as I took the Greyhound from Cleveland, right? Cleveland seems like a dream to me now. Who, sing, who sings this? Oh. Simon and Garfunkel. Oh, God damn it. I'm the worst. So I got a pack of cigarettes. Right? Right, Mike? It wasn't in the movie The Graduate, so I don't know it. No, it wasn't. came after the fact. After The Graduate. I don't know. It's a song called America. You got got to check this tune out. I'm making a mental note. Laughing on the bus. Playing games with the faces. She said the man in the gabardine suit was a spy. I said, be careful, his bow tie is really a camera. Is this the actual Simon Garfunkel playing yeah. right now? No, that was me singing it. That was not. Oh, oh, that I sounded more like <laughs> sounded more like Tony Randall doing uh, doing uh, his, <laughs> his songs from the twenties. All right, Morgan, look, you're going to have a great time at the Hold Steady show. It's very exciting. Yes. Oh, I will. And uh, say hi to Craig. Okay. From from Tom. From Tom. And you you have a grand evening. Thank you. You too. Okay. Bye. Have. Yeah, watch that Chris Lee knows best. Have you seen that show, Pat? Chris Lee knows best. He's never seen it. You wouldn't know if I. Studio. Hasn't seen it yet. What's it take to get Studio to watch it? Put the Marvel uh, Studios thing at the beginning of it. Then I'll watch it. Put that Marvel Studios credit roll at the beginning of it. Studio will be like, you see season four of Chris Lee knows best? Mike, I know, didn't see it. No. Yeah, so I watch it. I like, oh, look. What it comes down to? My head hurts a lot of times. My head hurts. So I, I once in a while, you gotta find the things that, 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 that make your head, it's like an ice pack. I want this show to kind of be like that for other people. It's not gonna be like that for me. This show is an endless headache to me. Not in a bad way. In the way that I, I'm, I'm in it, and I'm trying to make it happen. I'm in it. It's not for me. It is me. But 
There's so many bad shows. If you find one that works for you, what are you going to do? Makes sense. There's one that show, Drop the Mic. Have you seen this show? Drop the Mic. It's literally the bare minimum of an idea to get on television. It's like celebrity rap battles. It's hosted by Method Man. I'm telling you, watch it. It's like, like when it when a thing doesn't work for you, then you're just like, yeah, this is this is like getting a dental uh, surgery. So I watch this thing, and they'll bring out. It'll be like like a, what's his face, uh, sh- Jim Parsons will be like, and he's like bat- doing a rap battle with like Young Sheldon, the kid who plays Young Sheldon. And then he's like, like it just be like, Big Bang Theory's been on for nine seasons. Big Bang Theory's been on TV, but now you're in a show and you're playing me. Oh! And then Young Sheldon's just like back. He's like, they call me Young Sheldon, and it seems really nice. But Big Bang Theory's been on TV a long time and i it's something i don't like Whoa! like the worst Ugh. it's nothing like what and and that's one at least has a dynamic between them but then you watch and it's just like oh it's uh finally finally rob gronkowski is going to Settle his beef with, with the, 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 the woman who plays Jane the Virgin. Once and for all, their battle will be set. It's like, wait, do they have any, any, is there any beef between these two? No, they just got paired up on, it's like, so people are just saying things that they don't mean or don't care about. And this Rob Gronkowski, first of all, this guy. Man, the, the day, the day, the day that fortune favored that guy. You imagine? This guy, Rock Gronk. I tell you, the life of Gronk. You imagine the, f- and that looks, it looks like Gronk's having a good time. This guy, Gronk. Yeah, I mean, he, look, he he looks like a uh, he's a football player, Gronk. Look, he don't look too smart, Gronk. He don't look too smart. So of course that's who we should have doing a rap battle on a, th- a thing that's solely uh, words. Yeah, let's let Gronk. Now Gronk's skill set is catching a football, running it into the end zone, then being uh, injured for seven weeks. Is there ever a guy injured more that's more acclaimed than Gronk? Gronk. Yeah, but this drop the mic. That's when these things don't work for you, man. It's like torture. Besho, hi. Hi. To whom um, am I? Hello. <laughs> Hello. This is this is Mary in Lansdale, PA. Mary. In Lansdale, PA. Where's Lansdale, PA, in relation to 
other things in Pennsylvania, Mary? Um, I guess it's like maybe 20 miles northwest of Philadelphia. Okay. Is it Wawa country or Sheets? Oh, Wawa, but Sheets is trying to make inroads, and I'm sorry, I'm not having it. No, you shouldn't. Sheets is this other convenience chain that's like, seems like it's very kind of like western Pennsylvania, right? Wouldn't you oh, say? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, and look, I'm not here to besmirch or smear the Sheets franchise. And this is just a ledge. I'm alleging this. It seems like uh-huh. you'd have a pretty good chance of being able to find like meth at a Sheets. <laughs> you know, the only Allegedly. time I was in a Sheets, yeah. Well, yeah. You know, I'll just say it's not very comforting when you go in there. I'm gonna just no, it is not. That's the that's look. I'm gonna go. Let's see, Sheets, meth. I just want to see what comes up. Hello? Drug, I'm checking. Drug arrest made at Sheets in Princeton, West Virginia. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Looks like a couple Sheets-related meth uh, incidents. No, Sheets is, is not, Sheets is not, at the very least, Sheets is less comforting. It is. It's, a, it's very, like, the atmosphere is very cold. Yes, and it's, it seems like it's aimed more at, uh, a, 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 the truckers than, yes. than, uh, Wawa, which is aimed at just, uh, the lunch pail crowd, the, the hard hats and the, and the worker people who need their coffee. Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's been my experience. Yes, I think every, I think if you go by, um, like a sandwich at Sheets, I think the bread is soaked in five-hour energy drink. <laughs> yeah, yes. It's it's mainly for people who have to be driving at three in the morning. Yeah, driving a like hauling a rig. Mm-hmm. And and while I've done that, uh, not hauling a rig, but been you know on the road at three in the morning. In fact, I have to do that on Saturday, which is I'm worried about, but. Uh, okay, but geez. yeah, but you'll get what you need from Wawa. You go get that super coffee. Yeah, they sell these yeah. coffee, uh, these coffee chocolates now at Wawa. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. I'm not, yeah, I once worked at a bookstore and I ate like half a bag of espresso beans covered in chocolate, and that was not a good night for me. No, that would not be a good night for you. <laughs> it really was a bad idea. <laughs> and you were just like, were you like bouncing off the walls? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was a Black Friday. This was years ago. And it was like Black Friday, and I worked at the King of Prussia Mall at a bookstore. And uh, somebody brought in a bag of chocolate-covered espresso beans, and I didn't think about it as I was snacking on them. Yeah. And like by the, end of the, by the end of the night, like they kind of had to peel me off the ceiling. Yeah, and then you're home, you're just like, books, I should just sell books, I should write a book. Yeah, I shouldn't write one book, I should write, I can't just write one, I got like, I got ideas for like ten books. You know, that's unfortunately more accurate than you might realize. Yeah, I'm going to write them all. I'll do it this way. Yeah. Monday, I work on this one book. I work on this one book. Monday, 
through Wednesday, I work on two different books. Then Thursday's a swing day. I can work on whatever book is needed for the thing. But then Thursday and Friday, I also work on the other book. And then, if, but if I get up a half hour early, I can work on this other book. <laughs> that that does kind of sound like my early twenties. Yeah. But you then, have to say, I've <laughs> but then I look, and I see how many books have I written? Zero. And how many books has? Oh, I don't know. Gronk written more than zero. <laughs> He's at one, I think. Although. Well, when do you think Gronk? Do you think Gronk read the book he wrote? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I, I don't think he's ever even held it. Yeah, like him, like he never held a closed copy of it that he was not like was not like laid out in front of him at a bookstore signing. <laughs> like that's the last time he touched those books was when he was at uh, some like a Boston. Uh, bookstore what's your name <laughs> keith two cute thanks come on everyone we got to keep the line moving uh gronk can't uh like they'll just like the guy organizing the book signings just like oh boy gronk is signing these things a lot slower than i thought he was that he was <laughs> uh everyone we can't personalize the books anymore and then halfway through it's like look gronk is not actually going to sign the things he's going to just mark them. It was an X, you know. Yes. Gronk, Gronk's going to draw an X in each book. And then Gronk is just like, wait, which one's X? Again. And they're like, the two lines that go kind of crisscross. Oh, yeah, X. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, so to what do I owe the pleasure of this call? Well, uh... Two things, and the first one is, I went to the movies last week, and I had what felt like the dumbest audience. All right. <laughs> what movie well, did you see? I went and I saw Stop Making Sense, um, which was in the theater for one night at the local kind of art house. Okay. Good movie. And it was great. I mean, the movie is, I, I loved it. I had never seen it before, and I absolutely loved it. But here's the thing. <laughs> So my husband and I sit down, and, you know, we're all getting, you know, comfortable and stuff, and the movie starts, and we hear the guy behind us. You know, David Byrne is walking on stage, and the guy goes, those are his sneakers. And my husband and I look at each other, like, what? And then, you know, he, we, the phone goes on, he goes, that, that's, that's the boombox. Oh, no. This guy, this guy just starts talking through the whole thing. You know, Tina Weymouth comes out, and he's like, that's, 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 Tina, that's Tina Weymouth. Yeah, so she's the bassist. But who's he saying this to? <laughs> it's the girl next to him. <laughs> but what kills me is, so then, you know, Chris Franz comes on. Oh, that, that's the drummer. That's Chris Franz. And then Jerry Harrison comes on, and he doesn't say anything. Uh-huh. And it's taking everything in me not to whip around and say, <laughs> come on. Yeah, see? He was in the Modern Lovers. He got you. This guy got you. He drew you into his web. Suddenly you're just like, <laughs> You almost wanted to turn around and go, hey, uh, do you know who that is by any chance? Yeah, exactly. Oh, I got, it was, it was so like, I, I just couldn't like, wait, that's where you stopped? But then, but then, um, when, you know, they're in the movie and David Burns in the big suit, I hear like 
multiple people people in the audience going, oh, it's the suit. Oh, my God, it's the suit. And I'm thinking, look, I haven't even seen this movie yet. It's the suit. That's like it's on the poster. Yeah. It's kind of the <laughs> iconic image from the band's entire existence is that oversized suit. Right. <laughs> but then, but then people, I swear, they, I saw people stand up, take out their phones, and take pictures of the movie screen that we're all watching. And they had their flashes on, too. Like, the flashes were going off. Well, look, maybe they should. Look, this is what I'll say. <laughs> maybe they shouldn't have had the flashes on. But isn't there something nice that they were so into it that it was almost like being at a concert? Well, yeah. No, no, no. It was, it was in that sense, it was a great crowd. You know, like, everybody was really into it, and it was really exciting, but at the same time, just like, why are you taking photographs? I mean, I don't know who you're going to show this to. <laughs> well, look, that, the ship, that ship has sailed along. If you're going to ask the question of why are you taking this photo, you, you are about ten years too late on that question, because the world <laughs> is so far past asking yeah. Matt before taking a picture that is long gone yeah I guess I guess I've kind of missed I've, I've missed the boat and, and the world just doesn't make sense to me anymore I got 8,000 pictures of my dog Good and Poochie now <laughs> I take pictures all day long of her and these they that's a worthy thing and I'm still like yeah these are there's too many pictures of this <laughs> but then I find myself like if I'm not at home, I'm flipping through. I'm just like, yeah, I think I'll stare at pictures of the dog. Yeah. I, I take pictures of food sometimes, and I'm like, I, I don't know who I'm doing this for. Nobody's that interested in my sandwich, but it's a really good-looking sandwich. Do you know, did did Talking Heads do uh, take me to the river at the thing you saw? Uh Oh, gosh, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, that is in it. Okay. Yes, I... I, I'm eighty five percent sure because it's been like a week later, and I'm trying to remember. What? Because uh, I, I'm trying to think. What? Uh, do you know if they did? Uh, did they do uh, what you call it? Lost my job. That song. The other one. There is a moon. What? Oh yeah! Oh gosh! What? Oh. Cross-eyed what and painless, or something? Yes, right? they, they, did they that? do that. Yes, they do that. Yeah. Okay. Like I think it's towards the latter half of the show. All right. So they're doing the same show everywhere then. Yeah. The same one. For. Um. Yeah, because I know they were showing it in print, uh, Princeton, or was it Trenton last week? No, two weeks ago. I don't know. I just know John Solomon was presenting there, and I was like, oh, that sounds amazing, and I can't go. I would have gone so. to see that, John Solomon in the movie. I would have seen that. Yeah. We might go see Dudio's hosting the screening of Justice League. <laughs> he's making everybody go to. Guess when it's showing. 8 a.m. on Sunday. Oh, eight, that's perfect. 8, 8 a.m. <laughs> And everyone, well, yeah. he's going to talk for a half hour before the movie. That that sounds like the perfect experience for that kind of a movie. Yeah. I can hear this guy <laughs> talk. He's going to tell me about Batman for a half hour at 8 in the morning on a Sunday. Yeah. Listen to 
studio, the, the, the whole the court? Is it a TED talk? Well, it's, it's either a, that or church. He's <laughs> doing a TED I know, I'd go, I'd go to church rather than listen to the studio talk about Batman for a half hour. <laughs> this is his church. <laughs> what if it was studio talking about uh, Doctor Who for half an hour? Oh. <laughs> Look, I'm dreading when this new doctor shows up. No, I'm I'm excited. Oh no! Well, I'm not excited, but I'm looking forward to it. Because because a woman is playing Doctor Who. Uh, well, that is sort of an added bonus. Just watching some people's heads explode. This is what I'm going to say. First of all, the 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 dummies are going to wrap their head around it, or or they're not going to. But for everybody else, if you're not like a Doctor Who maniac, it's going to be like you look at. Of five minutes, you're like, oh, 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 that's cool. There's a woman playing Doctor Who now. Oh, that's cool. And then meanwhile, mm-hmm. I'm like, then, then after five minutes, it's like, why is this garbage upside down garbage <laughs> can? Uh, why does that pass for a special effect in 2018? Exterminate Doctor Who. <laughs> that's actually not a bad Dalek. Wait, that was a what? A Dalek? Uh huh. Okay. So. That's what it's going to be. It's just it'll be like, oh, oh, that's cool. Oh, yes, she's doing the same boring thing that all the other the thirty five <laughs> other doctors did. Right. I hope she wears like a, a what she shoot. What's going to be her thing? Like a floppy hat? Because they all wear I feel they, like suspenders. They all have like a thing, right? Like they all have oh, like yeah. flair. Like they're working yeah. at a TGI Fridays. Like, oh God! I hope she has suspenders <laughs> with buttons up and down them, and high. Oh, no. Like I hope she wears a uh, like uh, overalls. I hope she wears overalls that are like kind of like floody, so she, so you see like some wacky socks showing. <laughs> oh, this sounds even worse than the Six Doctors outfit. That's awesome. Yeah, that guy. That's my <laughs> the only Doctor I like is the one that everyone can't stand. Is the that's one, actually my husband. That's my husband's favorite doctor. The one. Well, you might need to. I think you need to have a sit down with your husband then. Yeah. If that's his favorite doctor, because that uh, I don't know about that doctor, the sixth doctor, <laughs> running around in the those crazy rainbow. Mm-hmm. What? Have you not? Have you seen the picture? No. Of of the next Doctor Who, yeah. that she'd wear suspenders with buttons up and down them, okay. and then overalls. <laughs> I thought she'd wear over like flood overalls with. No oh my god, that is. It's creepy how close you are. That's okay. I'm all right. I'm gonna give myself <laughs> points on that one. That's pretty. I I. Well, maybe I will like this Doctor Who yeah. then. Yeah, look at that. She's wearing kind of high water pants. Yeah. And that that are and then she's got suspenders. And funky socks. And yeah. Yeah, how about that? Like maybe I got a job in wardrobe for uh, Doctor Who. <laughs> hey Pat, you want to come in? All right. Well, thank you for the call. This is a great call, and I hope to talk to you soon. And stay awake this weekend, and let Wawa be your friend. Thank you very much, Tom. Thanks.
Best show, hi. Hey, Tom, it's Allie from Hamilton, Ontario. Allie from Hamilton, Ontario. How are you, Allie? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm good. What's going on? Not too much. You know, busy day. Home now. Hanging out. <laughs> hey, should we... Just one second, Allie. We, we're yeah. gonna, we should do half-hour power after this? Yeah. We'll, everybody will do half-hour power, so... After the show's over, you can call in and talk rapid fire style. Um, so what's going on, Allie? You, how, what, Not, was, how was Thanksgiving a month ago? Yeah, exactly. So it wasn't my Thanksgiving. No. Uh, it was all right. I was actually the caller that called in a while ago about uh, the vegan uh, supplements at Thanksgiving dinner. It was uh, made me think of how... Now McDonald's is having a vegan Whopper, and as a vegan myself, eating complete garbage, that's not good for me at all whatsoever. I've been doing my own, like, tofurkey seitan roasts at mm -hmm. Thanksgiving meals, mm -hmm. which is atrocious because it's just completely made of wheat gluten, and that's it all good, that's in it. You enjoyed it, right? <laughs> Yeah, it's delicious. It's it's so good. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. So, so that's But look, you know what you know what you're supposed to be eating also, right? Yeah, of course. Not garbage? And yeah, not Absolutely. Garbage. So just like people who eat meat know they're not supposed <laughs> to eat garbage and then they have things that are meat related garbage every once in a while. Yeah. People, well, people not eating meat, got it. You just, you just don't have garbage. And once in a while, you yeah. have some garbage. Cruelty-free garbage. <laughs> yes. Cruelty-free okay. garbage. <laughs> that, I think you might have just defined the whole thing. I mean, that's probably the, the cruelty-free garbage. Yeah. So, uh, cool. yes. So what else is going but, on? Not too much. I was thinking about my own guilty, uh, pretty embarrassing uh, show, at least that I that I keep going back to, which I missed the beginning. Which somebody may have very obviously mentioned would be uh, the Gilmore Girls that I can't stop watching for some reason. Do you like the Gilmore Girls? I never watched well, the Gilmore Girls. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So, like, some background, maybe, which is in the way of me justifying it to myself, is that uh, it's... <laughs> so, like, working... So, I work in social work, so, like, I'm dealing with, like, a lot of, like, a, you know, tough stuff all the time. So, Gilmore Girls, specifically for me, is about, like... <laughs> Nothing bad happens, and it's just nonstop, constant chattering about mm -hmm. things that don't necessarily matter. So it's like, yeah. I, I, yeah, I think folks like are able to separate themselves sometimes in watching nonsense. So I think for me, that's that's definitely the one I go back to. And I know you were talking about watching Friends, and I actually <laughs> dipped back into that as well because it was just like oh what's going to happen you're just like watching friends and, yeah. but it's horribly you know 
and they're your friends, right? <laughs> they're all buddies. Best and they're best. your buddies, too. <laughs> You're everyone who watches somehow becomes the seventh friend. <laughs> when you watch, it's all like the dude that deed that like everybody's like the I don't know, like George Martin is the like other the guy. Beetle, you're the seventh friend. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much the elders do it. You're included. You don't feel like nothing horrible is going to happen, and you're not feeling like ostracized because you're just with your buds because you're you're a friend too. Exactly, and everybody knows. <laughs> Look. Nobody's burying their head in the sand ostrich style. Everybody knows what's going on in the world. But you're yeah. allowed you're allowed to find the thing that that, that, that calms you down. <laughs> Helps you hold it together. Yeah. Right, Allie? It's true. Nothing nothing bad can possibly happen. Yes, not in the world of Gilmore right. girls, right? Yeah. Yeah. What's the worst thing that can happen? The overdue library book or what like isn't that what that show Monica, about? yeah, like Monica, like doesn't get like into cooking class or something. Well, see, now you're smashing together friends and girls, <laughs> and you're confusing. Me. No, no, yeah, I guess, yeah, no, that totally makes sense. Yeah, yeah. she doesn't get into Yale cooking class or something. Wow, Allie. <laughs> I am glad you called. I got a lot of calls to get through before the show ends. Yeah, fair enough. So I thank you, and you have a great night. Yeah, you as well. Yeah. Now, Pat, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Pat, one of the producers on the show, a guy that many call the the way the the Beatles had their like the the the, the funny one or the shy one. People call Pat a lot of the time the 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 normal one. Of the best show producers. Not the producer not dressed like Doctor Who, waving around a sonic screwdriver. Or not the producer who is the uh is often found in the parking lot of the solar quick check telling anybody who'll listen about how uh how he got uh, a massive shirt on in Practical Jokers. They call Pat the normal one. <laughs> thank you. <Yes. laughs> Don't thank me, it's them. Thank them. Thank you, them. It's accurate. I think all three of you are weird. That's fair. For different reasons. And I'm weird also. I'm not saying I'm not. No. I, well, hey, you shouldn't agree with that so quickly. Oh. You're, you were, you were <laughs> very quickly say, no, you're not. You're, you're weird too. Very quick on the, on that. You should have went like, "Ma, you're okay. We all have our little things." Yeah, that would have been. That's <laughs> that's a pretty good me, actually. Now, Pat, you, you recently, uh, you you do so many different things. You you had your show on WFMU, Prove It All Night. You did a live uh, version of it a month or so ago. Yes, and. You you have so many different things going on, and one of the, the most recent things you have going on is you just you just put a record out. I did. I'm putting it out this week, and um, the album got pressed. I've never done that before for any uh, 
music I've been involved with, either uh, in the past as a musician or or anything with comedy. I've never been involved with a record, and this mm-hmm. is uh, it's not my record. I should also say it's for yes. uh, a late friend of mine that I produced, and she passed away two years ago. I recorded her last kind of. Uh, you know, material that she she had written but just couldn't record. I offered to record before she passed. She was a neighbor of mine mm-hmm. and a, a folk musician um, who had uh, toured Europe a bunch in the UK. And she had two albums before this. Her name is Mary Beth D'Amico. She had two albums before this that um, were recorded down in Austin. Okay. And th- they were really good. They They had a lot of, like... Austin session musicians and and they were more produced and more put together and she had really good people on them I think some people who played in uh, Bob Dylan's band and uh, Dixie Chicks and a bunch of mm-hmm. kind of you know Austin Nashville uh, session people true so definitely definitely produced yeah music absolutely she she had produced music she had an EP and two albums um, but. My favorite times I heard her were always just her playing a show, just acoustic guitar and, mm-hmm. and singing, and that was my favorite times hearing them. I was, you know, the things that stuck out on those albums for me when I heard them weren't all the tracking and everything. It was, it was her songs, and certain songs really stuck out. And I was like, we should do sort of a stripped down version of of you, and just record record you on. Um, on like you know, I had like a two-track tape deck, and originally I pitched it to her as like we could just demo some songs, just you on guitar in your in your apartment, and then um, I had hoped to do like a, a proper studio session with her at WFMU um, to air on my show, and then maybe we could like layer that and add some tracks to that. Um, but she had she was she was diag- diagnosed with this terminal cancer that was rare and we realized we didn't know what was going to happen so I just kept recording her in the same way we only did like two or three sessions in her uh, in her apartment in Jersey City here she's originally from the Princeton area um, lived in Europe for a while recorded a lot in Austin played a lot down there but um, but lived in Jersey City the last like 10 years of her life and uh, mm-hmm. and Luckily, her uh, her apartment had really tall ceilings and like bay windows, and it just it just sounded great in there too. So, sure, yeah. So I had this tape deck, and I just had two mics. It was like a two track tape deck, and it just sounded great. And mm-hmm. and uh, and you know, I did I did get to play back without having mixed and mastered it, but, but just even off the tape, it sounded really good. So, um, I helped pick a few tracks with her, but the last session I did, I think it was like three total. The last session I did was just a month and a half before she passed away in uh, in late 2015. So uh, her daughters and I did a crowdfund and we raised about four grand. Um, I enlisted help for mixing and mastering. Um, another Jersey City friend, John N. Yellow, mixed it and I thank him for that. He didn't charge us, which is super. I'm just super grateful for mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, and from that, I was like, 
whoever you want us, you know, wh- whichever friend of yours you want us to employ to m- master this, let yeah. us know. Uh-huh. And he, of course, recommended Greg Caldy. Okay. We went to him and said, hey, we have this money we raised. Like, just let us know what it would cost. Greg Calby mastered this for free. And I'm totally in debt to both of them. Yeah. And it's just those are names that you'd. No, those are – look, John John is a heavy hitter and has produced a lot of great stuff and is a legitimate uh, a legitimate uh, producer and engineer and all of that stuff on, on that side of things. And so for him to do that was very – that's very nice and it's the same for Greg to do Absolutely. that. And so this – it's Mary Beth D'Amico. Yes. And the album comes out this Friday – the album's called Great and Solemn Wild. We're having a release party Thursday night at Pet Shop in Jersey City with a bunch of friends of Mary Beth's covering her songs, and we'll be telling stories in between. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be a kind of a remembrance and release party, somewhat listening party as well. Um, but yeah, thanks to the crowdfund and the fact that nobody would take our money, we were able to do like a proper release, and I could you know, put this out on vinyl. Um, it's going to be in select stores, which I'm excited mm-hmm. about. I've really kind of just went to school on all of this in the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. I didn't know any of this. And, uh, a lot of FOTs actually helped me out. John Solomon mm-hmm. in- included in that. And, um, uh, Carla, who was here a couple of weeks ago with, sure. with, um, with Nelly. Nelly, uh, she helped me out a lot. So, um, and so, so yeah, so this comes out, this week, this week, and the at at where is it again? The release party is at Pet Shop in Jersey City. Okay, and we'll have and that's at seven thirty. They have like a basement, um, sort of smaller bar under there that mm-hmm. has that does like acoustic shows. Okay, so it'll be we'll have a PA and we'll be playing the record and and also just having friends of hers um, come out and play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Um, what uh what song would you want to play off this? I think uh probably Dream would be good. Okay. So these six Dream or Messages whatever you think. We'll do Dream. Sure. And uh yeah. Oh, I should also thank Mike Kroll. He did the layout of the album. Okay. He's a very talented young man, Mike Kroll. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play this song mm-hmm. and then we'll uh hey mike can you ask these people if they can be a part of the half hour power please these callers on hold and uh yeah let's take a listen to uh it's an album pat here one of the producers of the show put this album out and it is definitely a labor of love for you and a lot of people yes. did this to make this album uh Great and solemn, wild, yes. uh, a, a reality, and people can get the record where. So there is uh, there's a Bandcamp page that we have up. It's marybethmusic.bandcamp.com. You can order the LP there, but if you also live near um, uh, Waterloo Records in Austin, it'll be available there probably early next week. The same for Reckless Records in Chicago, Academy in Brooklyn. Um, P-Rex, Princeton Record Exchange in, mm-hmm. in Princeton, where she grew up, Iris Records in Jersey City, and um, also Jackpot Records in Portland. I want to thank okay. Chris from uh, Eyelids yes. who set that up for us. 
Very nice. Um, Jared from Flanagraph is going to have some copies also on the Flanagraph site in a, okay. in a little while. Great. Yes. So, uh, yeah. Well, congratulations on getting this out. I know this is not an easy thing to to do or an easy thing to go through as a person and a friend, but it's a very beautiful tribute you've done for your friend, Pat. And, uh, Thanks, Tom. And, uh, yeah, so let's hear... Uh, Let's hear the song Dreams from Mary Beth D'Amico. And we will be back next week. Best show will be back next week. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And Half Hour Power is coming up. Rapid Fire on screen calls. As soon as this ends, we're going to start it up. So listen to that also. And here is Dreams by Mary Beth D'Amico. And you can find out more about it. Uh, I'm sure people can search it or go to your Twitter. That's Pat. right. 1-800-PAT-BURN. And just if anyone, if, if any FOT wants to get a hold of me to either review the album, if you have a blog or something, um, it's just pat at wfmu.org. You can get a hold okay. of me. Great. Or a record store, whatever. Sure. All right, let's take a listen, and we will be back next week. Half Hour Power coming up next. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> are parting darling weep no more my hands are at the ready and they're rowing to the shore to the shore to the shore I want you to be with me I want you to be with me evermore I have said an incantation to the gods that calm the seas they have quieted to whisper now it's just you and me you and me Protects us from all storms So when winds blow and currents rage We shall stay dry and warm The water's clear and strong The aurora borealis Sheds a glow till break of dawn Break of dawn Break of dawn Lying there together You and me together